1: Hey folks, producer Gabe here. I just wanted to let you know up top that for the first few minutes of the show, we ran into some technical issues with Kevin's mic, so he'll be a little bit quiet up front. After about the three minute mark, his mic kicks back in and we're back to normal. So without further ado, I'll toss you over to Sean for our mega two hour TIFF episode. We hope you guys have fun.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to Real Blend episode number 37 and oh my goodness, is this going to be a special one for this reason alone. Tell me why, Sean. We are all together in the same room. Woo! Recording our episode of Real Blend for the first time. We made it 37 episodes into this before we were finally I've able to I've be... avoided you and Kevin for 37 episodes. Well, I don't want you to put it that way. It's <laughs> <That's> an awful <laughs> way to put it. Sean,
3: since... This week we're in TIFF and you didn't have a pun lined up.
2: Right, I didn't. Can
3: we work on one real quick together since we're... uh,
2: I guess. You want to workshop something quickly? Let's let's make one together. Uh, What what is your process? So for people listening to our show...
3: Yes.
1: If you're starting at episode 37, which why wouldn't you?
3: It opens our show every week with uh, a pun of some type of sort. So we are at the Toronto International Film Festival. We are. We're covering every movie we've seen from (laughs) Halloween to First Man to A Star is Born. But, Sean, I want to know the process of how you come up with
2: that. Well, I would think about what movies we're going to talk about, and I'd try to come up with something clever. Or I would um, reference something that you guys have done or uh, that we're going to talk about on the show. Like, I might say uh, something about being in Vegas for Bohemian Rhapsody, or I might mention something about... Hugging Lady Gaga, which was something I uh, I was able to do, and I think you guys all got good pictures with her. (laughs) So I would come up with something like that. I was interested in your process. But the fact that we're in Canada, I would come up with a Canadian joke. I would probably do some sort of Canadian joke. But I don't have it. I don't have You're putting me on the spot right now. Maybe
3: you could say something along the lines of, like, Every week, you um, you know you have a certain routine for coming up with this. So right. You just said this week I am coming up with a certain routine.
2: See now that's it.
1: That's it. Oh my god! This no, I like is that. That's so actually long. that's better than. Oh god! That's better than. Like we should be in the news by now.
2: <laughs> well, here's here's some of the producer other titles. Gabe
1: who is not here. Right. Is freaking out right is now. Is
2: here. We are He's going here in to Gabe is here in spirit. We are going to have a blockbuster episode. This week, we are going to cover all the things that we have seen at the Toronto International Film Festival. We're going to give quick reactions to films. We're going to talk about junkets that we've done. We have some stories to share. Um, we are going to basically go for as long as you guys will potentially listen to us. Um, because, like I said, this is the first time that we're all together in the same room. And we're really excited to be able to do this and sort of capitalize on that energy. But first of all, you guys, so we laid that down, that challenge of doing. Uh, Hundred star ratings, right? Right, right. We're halfway there, I think. Well, last time I checked, but we were forty nine. But, but
1: I still, we we got a ways to go, man. That was still, I, I'm still concerned. We've got less than four months to get.
2: But that's okay to, because we weren't paying attention to that prior to this, and now we are. Right, now we're laying right. it out there. So the gauntlet's still thrown. It is. You don't think they can get there? You don't think the people will do this for us?
1: Not with that attitude, I don't.
2: <laughs> no, that's exactly that's my point. Exactly. Yeah. They so need the, to step it up. The Infinity Gauntlet. Has been thrown, and we need to get to 100 star ratings on our iTunes.
1: And they account. can't all be Kevin's mom.
2: So please, although she's a counselor, can't all, all be I think, Jill. The best. My mom
1: 40 of the 49. Responsible
2: for every single star rating review we have.
1: By the way, where's Jan?
2: Is Jan going to step up and yeah, help us out?
1: Jan. Jan is still trying to figure out what a podcast means. <laughs> and <laughs> if she can't turn on the TV at 7 a.m. and see me, then I hear, you know, a funny story. She'll come to Chicago. And, uh, and, and and I'll come home and I'm like, oh, like, did you watch the show? She like, no. But Dean Richards did the funniest thing today. In case you don't know, Dean Richards is my competition in Chicago. And I'll go, Mom, your son is on television. She goes, well, hail. I know what you talked about today.
2: <laughs> right. Who needs to see you? She's oh, seen you oh, already. Trust me, I get that a lot. The people who go to the iTunes account um, and give us a star rating, and, and we appreciate everybody who has done that so far, uh, are also able to leave us a review. We have two new ones that I want to read, because we've promised if you leave us an iTunes review. We will read it on the show. Um, One of them is short. One of them is very long, but very, very touching. I just want to read them quick. Uh, Mike Herson uh, wrote, I love listening. He says, oh, been a huge bdk guy
1: bdk big since daddy the, kev
2: since the junkies day big daddy so kev the junkies are
3: who? people that don't know bdk yeah, for, me, i gotta give some background to that real quick because i'll keep it fast uh, gave up that means i'm gonna keep it five ten minutes <laughs> <laughs> um so what that, what that means is um so long story short when i start, when I start first started off on the radio uh, in this business I, I started for a radio show called the sports junkies which are in dc i've been on their show for since 2005 before that, I worked at a bookstore at George Mason University, which is where I went to college. And for some reason, one my boss would leave me notes at the uh, to, uh, t- to tell me what I needed to do that day when he would go home. And for some reason, he would call me Big Daddy Kev. It was I don't know why. I, at the time, I thought it was a cool nickname. So when I went on the air for the first time with the junkies, I had to come up with a rating system versus just using stars. I was like, maybe I'll do BDKs. And then, I, then we're like, all right, we'll call this guy Big Daddy Kev. So... Mike Herson, I, I th- that name looks, sounds familiar because I think I've seen him across my Twitter feed. Probably a Junkies listener in the D.C. area. So that name, if you listen to the Junkies in the D.C. area, that's what they still
2: call me on their air to this day. So he says, um, he, you and he share a very similar perspective on movies except for Ant-Man and Thor Ragnarok. So, uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> he, yes. so basically,
3: he's wrong and I'm right. Yes. Thank he loves
2: Mike. listening to the show and all the reviews and the discussion. So... Uh, our second review comes from another DC person.
1: This is the this, review this is the one that we talked about rules. coming up to this. yeah
2: um, because again, and I just want to sort of backtrack like so we had a dinner right before this, and the three of us talked about like how silly it is still like it's just ridiculous that well, like, we've been friends for a really long time. Yeah. We decided to do this podcast. If five people listened, we'd be thrilled.
3: Right? I would do it if no one listened. right. but I mean that's the crazy part is that we have thousands of people downloading our podcast every week. right. Which is surreal to me because we're just three friends having a movie conversation that people just somehow are connecting to. But we also have a weight to our show where we are doing things that... Are giving people inside looks into a very cool side of this
2: business. But when someone takes the time to write something like this, like it's so so anyway, this is what
1: this is Chuck in DC. It's, it's long, but I, but I would argue it's worth reading the entire thing. It's such a great post
2: because it's so what we what we always wanted this to do. He says this podcast reminds me of growing up and making movies the top priority of the summer. I remember as a kid geeking out with my friends over my first Star Wars trilogy letterbox VHS set. Purchasing numerous movie soundtracks, renting my first DVD player, hometown single-screen theater getting Dolby Digital Sound, and the thrill of watching a movie in an IMAX theater for the first time. It's great to hear a conversation with people who appreciate all the details of the movie-watching experience, and I enjoy tuning in with you guys every week. Your unapologetic, free-flowing, energetic conversations about films demonstrate your long friendships and shared passions— the best critics help you understand why you love or hate a movie by pointing out its strengths and flaws without coming off as pretentious critics or just haters. Just wait till we talk about First Man in a little yeah. bit. Aww. Adulting
3: Aww. and parenting. Wait, hold on Nobody here hated their <laughs> Sand. Just in case you are no a Chazelle fan. This is just a tease. He's just joking. Yeah, or I'm in case
1: kidding. you are actually Damien Chazelle. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> in which case come on our show, please. Adulting and parenting make it harder to get to the theaters, but your enthusiasm for film remind me of why we all need to do it. Sean, it's great to hear your perspective as a parent experiencing movies with your kids. I will always enjoy Kevin's wild tangents, and thank you, Jake, for defending Return of the Jedi and being the podcast's genuine Star Wars enthusiast. We've been on a lot of road trips this summer, so I have listened to a lot of the old episodes. It's great how the blend game remains timeless and reminds me of classics and movies that I should revisit or watch for the first time. To sum it up, this podcast absolutely blows my mind, no question, which I think is a BDK reference. Keep up the great work. And he didn't end it with Dunkirk, but he might as well have. He, like, well. That's he just, ended it in
1: spirit. That that's...
2: review just nails what we want this podcast.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we, the, what we do, and 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 the greatest argument for for how our job works is that you know that you're doing something right. You know that you have a great job when what you're being paid to do is what you would do in your free time. And what I always tell people is what I do. What I do for a job. What I do for a living. What I do in this podcast is what most people work to be able to do in their free time. Right. So the fact that that my profession is talking to my friends about the things that I love most, talking to the people that I love most about what I love most, and then having people instinctively respond to that – is um, it does it makes no sense? It, it's the closest I, I I'll never be a filmmaker. I'm not a filmmaker. I don't have it within me to be a filmmaker, but it's the closest I'd imagine that I'll ever get to creating something like right. a film, right. and then having people respond to it viscerally. Yeah,
3: it's yeah, such an amazing thing that that guy took the time to write that out, and that the fact that he felt so connected to what we do as a show every week. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, my particular story of how I got into this job is, you know, I, I worked a sales job full time while doing vacation days to do this stuff on the side, essentially for free for a long time. So, yeah, this is this is not, you know, it's a job. It's a lot of work. And for people out there, one of the things that I find frustrating sometimes is people don't think it's a lot of work. And it is a lot of work, but we love what we do. So I mean, we're
1: not trying to... There's no
3: complaining whatsoever. Like, you
1: know, we're, we, don't, we don't want to spend the first half hour of this podcast, like, blowing our own horn. But, like, we're doing this in the sense that, like, we want you to know that if you're listening to this, we appreciate, we appreciate you it. listening. Absolutely. Because we love doing it. And we're able to keep doing it because if you're listening, because if you're hearing this, because of you. Yeah.
2: Well, the blend game this week is Koran Blend. And there's uh. a reason for that. Uh, so, Alfonso Koran has a movie up here called Roma. Right. Which set, none of us have seen Which is a Netflix exposure. film, right? It's a Netflix film, yep. right. And say that we haven't seen it yet, but we're going to talk about his films and which ones of his are our favorite. And part of the reason that we chose this because of the it just, it's all just snaps together because. Well, it weirdly snaps
1: together perfectly.
3: Right. right. I could, you know, people might think. Our first episode of Awards Blend or Real Blend was our first Awards Black Blend. Yes episode. It was called back it in the was. day, but it was called the Awards The fact that we blend. even have a quote unquote back in the day blows my mind. <laughs> but this <laughs> this all started in 2013.
2: Yes, it did. When we gathered together at the Toronto International Film Festival to discuss Gravity and react to it, and Cinema Blend was just starting to experiment with video, and I knew the first, the only two guys that I wanted to react to a movie like Gravity. Uh, was these two guys? So I grabbed them and uh, brought them to my hotel room and said, "We're going to shoot a video reaction to this movie." And it went up on Cinema Blend, and I actually shared a, on the Real Blend account. If you want to go to at Real Blend on Twitter, we have a picture of the three of us, um, you know, yeah. a couple of years younger. Well, just speaking
3: and- what Sean's saying is this concept of there are certain films you walk out of that you just know have cinematically changed a lot. Oh yeah, in the sense of like it's a a, a filmmaker who has. Pushed forward in technology, just floored us. Jake and I left the theater completely silent. Normally, we're talking on the way out. And There's a, you know, it's a very, it was, it was a mutual understanding that we had just experienced something that was so game changing to use that word.
2: Well, and that a we needed gonna, to speak on it. We're gonna talk about. That tonight, uh, that is a game changer also. Yes. I think so. So so part of the – let's just run through really quickly. Boy we're going to talk about – no, not White Boy Rick. So, so uh, but <laughs> but to the your story, we, since, oh, yeah. we,
3: since we did the Gravity thing here, that's why we're doing Koron Blend yes. this, this and
2: time. And because we're back in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So we're in Toronto. We're going to talk about A Star is Born. We're going to talk about the Halloween world premiere that Kevin and I were able to go see. Uh, We might talk about Predator. Yeah, Uh, what we want to talk about? First Man, which I was able to go see today. Beautiful Boy. And that's what's cool—is it between
1: the three of us? Like you guys did some things together. Right. Kevin and I did some things together. You and I did some things together. Mm -hmm. Like. And then the three of us were able to collectively do some things together. So it was a ni- we have a nice little blend of yeah. we kind of divided you. and conquered. Good use of blend. You like that? Yeah, ah.
3: we're going gonna... to. Uh, oh, who well... said
2: that?
1: Shane Black.
2: Shane Black. Shane Black is out on the stage introducing <laughs> yes. Predator at the Midnight movie. And yeah. he said, this movie is a real blend. Of... And then you just
1: heard three guys in the crowd go, uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. he was going
1: to be on the podcast, but he's got other things going on right yeah. now. Yeah, well, well,
3: the crazy thing is, like, yeah. So the good thing is, since we're doing this on Sunday, we have a lot to talk about about yes. what we've done. Like, so we've done a lot of interviews, and, yeah. and 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 I mean,
1: even starting before Toronto. Yeah, Kevin and I flew here from Vegas. Yeah, yeah. well,
2: we'll get to that. We're going to get to the Bohemian Rhapsody trip, um, but first I, I, I want to talk about fellow the
1: fellow popularity,
2: popularity Oscar category um, disappearing. R.I.P. Uh, popularity Oscar. It's going to become like it's going to become <laughs> because...
1: a Jeopardy trivia question in twenty years. Like, so, what was the category that was introduced and then quickly diminished within a, a month period? For
2: people who don't know, um, the popularity Oscar that was announced a, a, two weeks ago at most is now not happening. They must and have listened
1: to the, our podcast. They
2: said it's postponed, um, and I
1: think it. I don't know if it's dead. I think they're going to find some way to bring I, it do back. Do you think that they were they expected uh, a better reaction than they got? Yes.
2: Yeah, I think that what, when they announced the idea, that was them basically workshopping the idea, right. and instead they just made A it known bad to bad way to workshop. It's terrible, because if even if they just come out and said, this is what we're going to do, and this is what the criteria of it is going to be. And that's the
1: thing. They never said what the criteria they never said what they were awarding right achievement and popular film which is a, a, something that i brought up in another podcast that so i don't want to rehash but what does that mean Ach- what kind of achievement was it the best films that you deem popular right was it the most popular film in terms of box like what does that mean achievement and popular? like every other category you can say it it's because it had the best script my because mom, it had the best score
3: my mom always told me never to use the word hate but when that news broke i Hated that decision. Jill and is I, so I mad at you ge- right now. What? Jill is she so is mad so. at you right now. I genuinely, Jill's my mom and she she's does, awesome. She's not
2: mad at you. She's just she's disappointed. Just disappointed. Right. She's just disappointed.
3: Which is worse.
2: Because uh, let's yeah. use this year as an example. Like, let's say Star is Born gets there, right? Like, and then would they relegate it to the popular category because mm. people love it and then well, it doesn't win pictures? Well,
1: does, does, people does If a movie does well at the box office, are you punished for that? Right. Yeah, well, essentially.
3: The thing about it was, and I, the problem I had, and this is something I discussed on our podcast couple weeks ago when they announced this is there's a very easy solution to just getting rid of the popular oscar and including other types of films and the thing i said in our show was that the oscars have a very general idea of what an oscar film is which is the idea of Generally, a drama. You can look at a trailer sometimes and go, "That's an Oscar movie." That, to me, that's a problem because. Okay, so,
1: so then, who is to blame for that? It's a, It's it's. Well, is it the age of the Oscar voter? Yes.
3: Well, I think I also think the idea that is like they need to open up their minds to horror, comedy, argue, and action. It's not the
1: age of the Oscar voter because, and we talked about this a few weeks ago. Look at what Ethan Hawke said. He is not what I would consider to be an older Academy voter, and he was essentially blasting. Logan, which but but it that, should have won, it should have been nominated for Best Picture in my eyes. But here's
3: the thing, and this is this this is the sad reality we live in in regards to the Academy Awards element is that if you told somebody that I think Avengers: Infinity War should be nominated for Best Picture. They would go, come on, that's not an Oscar movie, right? Which is ridiculous because Infinity War is one of the best movies of the year, but it's also a phenomenally executed film from every standpoint of filmmaking. But because there's a mindset and a closed gap of the idea of what an Oscar film
1: is. so A century into being told what an Oscar film is. right?
3: But the popular film category, all that would allow is it would allow the mindset of the Academy to continue thinking the way they want to think. Awarding the films they want to award in their picture category and saying we'll still let you guys come to the party.
1: It's but the I'm the geniality of the Oscars.
3: When I was a kid, I, I, my, uh, we'd go over to uh, a friend of ours' house for Thanksgiving, and my, and my parents would sit at the main table, and then my brother and I would we sit in the kitchen by ourselves. Yeah. That's where they're putting these yeah. popular films. So
1: it's the kids' table
3: of a, the Oscars. Yeah, and Black Panther was a, was a film that came up immediately when this was announced because that was the Which one isn't even the best popular
1: film this year. I agree.
3: Infinity War is a better movie, but. That, star, I mean, if we're going to really go for it, a star, star is born, born is going to be insanely popular. A lot of
2: headaches if that category exists. My
3: my yeah. anchors asked me on the air. They said they because they were they were surprised at my like extreme negativity towards the choice of creating a popular yeah. Oscar. And someone essentially said to me, "Do, do you think um, them uh, if somebody wins an a popular Oscar, they would still be happy with it?" I said, "I think it's worse." F- if yeah. Black Panther won the popular Oscar, I think that's worse than not winning the other. Yes, yeah, yeah I, I'd argue it's I
1: almost agree. as bad as like like. So Spike Lee, who I'd argue could be a contender for the Academy Award for Best Director this yeah. year for Black Klansmen, last year won the honorary Oscar. So like, why would they give the honorary Oscar to a guy that's in the still I'd well, argue in the middle of his career yeah, and has right. the potential to win down the line? Well, I mean, to me, that's it's, getting the popular Oscar is worse than getting the Oscar, the honorary Oscar in the middle of your career. Completely agree. Like, like you're basically telling the movie you're never going to win. That you're not good enough. But here's a, a gold statue anyway. So I is just, it dead? Yeah. Is it dead? Are they done with it's it? Done. It's, it's done. It's done. We'll then, never, it will it, it will become a, a trivial yeah. pursuit yeah. card question in okay. twenty years. All right, I believe that. A category that that was introduced and deleted within a month. There was news um, that Call Me by Your Name
2: is getting a sequel. And uh, Call Me by Your Name hashtag Peaches. Find another fruit to uh, uh, to infiltrate. Yeah, I just don't know why you make a sequel <laughs> to that movie. It had such a perfect ending.
1: Yeah. What is the is plot? That he, that he, I don't know. I'm that Army does. Hammer yes? comes. Oh,
2: Gabe says Luca is involved in this. No. I mean, okay, I'd argue. Army okay, Hammer
1: is involved I, I'm, in this? The plot's evolving in my mind. Gabe Army Hammer comes back with his wife. Okay. And then it gets complicated. He comes back with his wife to see the family. Right. And then the relationship stirs back up. But now he's married. But we don't need. Now he's married with kids. We don't need it. We
3: don't need it. Like the ending. I uh, I remember. uh, It's funny. We just we just Mm -hmm. interviewed Timothy Chalamet for um, Beautiful Boy. And we'll get to that later on the show. Terrific name drop. Super nice guy. It was a good transition, I thought, actually. A, no, and I great. got his name right. Timothy. Timothy.
1: Hearty. Um, Timothy. So he, um,
3: I had ran into him in the Critics' Choice Awards, and I remember he's talking so to him. Boy, uh, he is.
1: So I remember so talking I to him about he's the— better and Beautiful Boy than he is and Call Me By Your Name. I would agree with that. Call so Me sorry. By Your Name. It's because I'm right.
3: But I, but I remember talking to him about the ending scene of Call Me By Your Name, which uh, apparently he sat there for three takes. And he did a, a a light cry, a medium cry, and a heavy cry. Oh. And he had the and he had the earpiece. I had a very
1: similar. Just just if you could picture that moment after you guys reviewed the Meg, I had a very similar reaction. I just stared into a fireplace and yes. just wept <laughs> after you guys told me how much you liked the Meg. Yeah, continue.
3: And no, no but it was. I just thought it was interesting that he had an, he had an earpiece in his ear that played the song you hear in the movie. And I when I walked into the room to see him, he remembered like our conversations. No He's, no nice. He's nice. He's nice. Nice guy. Nice. Very nice guy.
2: That's awesome. I don't see any need for this, um, but I guess no. we'll see. But how... I mean.
1: To be fair, how many movies that end with a number two do we actually genuinely need to actually need?
2: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a good point.
1: I'm just thankful Die Hard three exists.
2: Don't
3: please.
1: That's all
2: I care about. Let's not. Let's not. Look, this podcast is gonna be long. Uh, long Terminator
3: two. Terminator two. Don't do that. uh, Empire Strikes Back. God for Godfather two. So many sequels are great. It there could be amazing. Some, some
1: of our in-person producers, Hannah, right now is just freaking out because <laughs> she knows that no, we are. Hannah
3: is fully going aware. The that Die Hard Three is a better film than we Die Hard. We will do sequel She's fully aware of that it's situation. Better.
2: It's not. One of the I'm just awards, trying to get it. Sean one of the awards uh, uh, writers for Variety had a really interesting way of phrasing this: that after this week and Toronto uh, screens, its bulk of films that were really close to the table being set. Uh, for the Oscar race. Right. And that we will people will have at least seen all the films that are largely going to be in contention for it. A Star is Born potentially going to contend, Roma going to contend first man. One of the ones that I think can be a wild card is Bohemian Rhapsody. And you guys have the ability
1: to go on this incredible so, but, trip. Well, I mean if it's a two hour film we saw a quarter of it. We saw thirty minutes. So okay. thirty five
3: minutes of it. Graham yeah. King introduced it. I did not know it was a 10 year uh passion project for him. Um, What's it about? It's a well, Queen well, by a famous
1: story that Sasha Baron Cohen told Howard Stern about why his version didn't. You
3: want to go ahead and in the uh, I
1: don't know the story. Essentially, what, what it, it, it's an, I'm recapping an interview, but what Sasha Baron Cohen told Howard Stern, which is that he wanted it to essentially be Freddie Mercury's story and end with the death of Freddie Mercury. Apparently, Queen came back and said, no, the movie should, Fre- Freddie's death should be the halfway point, and the second half of the film should be how Queen was able to recover and move on. And they came to an agree- disagreement, and the Queen refused to give the rights to their music if they didn't make the movie that they wanted to make. So that's why Sasha Baron Cohen left the project, who I also think would have been a great Freddie Mercury.
3: See, I, I disagree. I think Sasha Baron Cohen is so famous and so recognizable I that, I, that I would have had yeah. a problem. I would have said... That's there's Borat, There's also, Bruno. Freddie
1: Mercury was a small guy. Sasha Baron Cohen is a big guy.
3: Right. And I think Rami Malik, and I, I think Graham and King Rami Malek,
1: who is a small Graham guy.
3: Graham King even said this in our interviews is that you, you're casting somebody who's not a huge star. Right. Rami Malik has Mr. Robot. It was a good call. He it's has a Mr. Call. Robot, but he, like Rami Malik, the footage we saw uh, was about 35 minutes. It was it was a, a rough montage of edits. We saw, I mean, there's a shot in the footage that I want to bring up that. Graham King told me that he had a hard time getting approval on. Um, it's a shot. So Live Aid was a huge. I think it was one of their one of their last, not their last major concerts. I think they yeah. performed again in the '90s at some point, but don't quote me on that. But the shot is Wembley Stadium. It is thousands of people, and it's extraordinary because they were trying to figure out how to get the audience to feel what it felt like to be in there. And the shot starts at the top of Wembley. It's a, there's a hole at the top. It Goes down into the crowd, continuing, and in the distance you see Queen on stage. You see Freddie Mercury and his famous. Um, I think he's wearing like a white um, tank top. Type tank thing. top, yeah, and uh, yeah, because I, I hate the other word that's used yes. for that word, which I don't. I, I don't understand why. Yeah, I've always
1: thought that was right. a more. That was a very southern. Spaghetti that
3: word. Yeah. Um, anyways, Not we're talking the catcher, about the – for people who are wondering we're talking about, there's, like a, there's, a, like a, there's a name anyway, for a yes. white tank top. That, yes. Yeah. Anyways, so he, the, the, the camera uh, goes into the stage as Freddie takes the piano to start playing Bohemian Rhapsody. It's all one shot, continuous, clearly CGI in the sense of when you're watching it, it looks great. But in order to pull it off, you're dealing with stitching, CGI. But it is truly one of the most remarkable – things I've ever seen is I felt like I was at Live Aid, right. and I, would, I was never there. I think That's it was awesome. 85, I think whatever year that took place, and it was unbelievable. Now, the footage we saw, Robbie Malik completely completely disappears in the role. Right. It is truly remarkable what he's been able to do as an actor with this, but it's not just him. Uh, it's everybody. I mean, everybody's great. Lucy Boynton's fantastic. We saw great footage of um, him. I don't want to give him too much away, but it's very well done.
1: Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate. The footage we saw was fantastic. But there are a lot of two-hour movies out there where if you were to pull 30 minutes of, well, of and, anything...
2: And musician biopics in general mm-hmm. are not exciting to me. Like, they're oh, all I disagree. Repetitive. I love
1: musician I biopics. I think
2: they could be pretty
3: repetitive. See, I
1: think musician biopics are are great vehicles for performance. Well, not a biopic... Well, like, straight
2: but, well, Compton was really good because it was different.
1: Compton right? was a brilliant film. Well, well, it like, like, something well, like well, Walk the Line. Walk the Line was great, great. for Joaquin Phoenix... And great for Reese Witherspoon. It was not a great movie. Now, oh, I just I disagree. I thought Walk ah, the Line was fantastic. Ah, I, of course, I, I, I love think Walk the Line. Your changes
2: depending on how much you like the music of the person who's the, the focus. But, of the so movie. but no, also so too,
1: Walk the Line, it falls under the category of what I'm afraid Bohemian Rhapsody will, which is Fox Movie. Too. Both of those, yes, both of those are PG-13 stories that right. should be R-rated stories. Yeah, Johnny Cash should, yeah. have been movie, yeah. should be an R-rated story, but Queen should be an R-rated. I know this or, is not
3: the R-rated. same realm here, but we've seen PG-13. Look R. Dark Knight's a great example. Well, we've of seen
1: PG thirteen look PG thirteen. I agree
3: with you, but Dark Knight was a PG thirteen movie that felt R. Okay, so you're you're going to you use the, go, the tip of the mountain to I'm judge the rest saying of the mountain. You can go R, but the other it's thing out, I'm yeah. the other thing I'm uh, I saw
1: nothing in the thirty minute footage that, that showed me that it was an R. Disagree film. with you one
3: hundred percent. I thought everything. How, what,
1: what did you see in the thirty minutes? It looked R.
3: What, what, what does R mean? I'm talking about. I want it to look like real life. I don't want it to look restricted to PG thirteen. You're saying you're talking very specifics. Of like I'm 13. saying to that, that that having nothing... just
1: just read a book on Queen called Somebody to Love. That is a story that should be told with an nothing show I off.
3: saw on that footage.
1: show So off. books are like movies, right. but on pages. Why would I do that? Words that seems stupid.
3: Nothing I saw on the footage screen PG thirteen. Everything just seemed like I was watching the story. I didn't think about PG thirteen. Can I saw this it.
2: movie come in and, and shake up the race?
1: You don't know. It's too early. I haven't to seen tell. the full film. But see the film one, thing, one thing that's interesting about the and for, for the record, I liked everything I saw. Right. I just think that. The day we saw it was when the MPAA announced it was going to be PG thirteen, and I instantly went. Uh, but
3: they were already—they were always shooting it as thirteen. It was never—I never, never knew—I never even thought there was going to be an R rating. Like
1: well, that then the that's movie. a problem
2: for me. Well, we will continue to track Bohemian Rhapsody. We shall as it
3: makes its way to
1: theater. That career. is Sean's way of saying let's plenty move on.
2: more of things to discuss. We need to get into the titles that are playing here in Toronto because we are here. This is a launch pad for a number of films that are going to contend in the Oscar race. Um, And you never really know. Like A lot of these films are being seen for the very first time. Some of them go to Venice. Some of them go to Telluride before they come here. Some of them have their world premieres here. What is the best movie that you guys have been able to see up here so far?
1: Shall we say it at the same time?
2: Sure. Three, two, one. Dunkirk. Oh, Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) I totally fell for it. I totally fell for it. It was oh. <laughs> same studio, same studio. All right, guys. It Kevin, how I long quit. did you sit in the theater? I quit. How long did you sit oh, in the I, theater? I got game to laugh though. after a Star is Born <laughs> ended. The Star is Born. Okay, so a Star is Born is a, is the answer. Is the universal for all three of us? It's yeah, I think so. Okay, I think so. Uh, is that the best thing you've seen up here?
3: Uh, by by a million. By miles. Far? Okay. By a, by a million reasons.
2: So it's Bradley Cooper. Oh.
3: I don't think Jake got that (laughs) Ah, you
2: didn't get that It's Bradley Cooper's directorial debut Um,
3: Gaga fans will get it
2: And it stars Uh, Lady Gaga as the uh, title character as a shy uh, songwriter who is untested who gets discovered by a proven musician in Bradley Cooper who uh, wants to basically capitalize on this talent that he sees inside of her Uh, The movie's been there, there have been other versions of this film, and yet uh, it modernizes it. Um, it it leans into the casting of Lady Gaga and everything that she brings to the table. Uh, it's just stunning. And and really, what Kevin was going to say, and I want Kevin to tell this story. Uh, when it ends, um, you're just devastated. Like I I couldn't. I actually have a photograph on my telephone uh, where uh, I took a picture of the empty theater. Because I couldn't get up. We both took pictures. Yeah.
3: Well, you took a picture of yourself. Well, not for public consumption. I took a picture. That being said, (laughs) if you'll
1: send us your email, I will send you the picture that Kevin took of himself after the screening.
2: Tell me why it moved you so much, Kevin, because it really affected you. Well, uh,
3: yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, so uh, it's kind of hard to explain. Why I felt the way I did without going into anything. So again, for people listening to our show, we are not going to delve into anything spoilerish. Yeah, everything you're listening to is going to be spoiler free. We are aware that none of these movies are even out yet. Right. Um. Yeah. The, I'm. You know. I'm 34 years old. Something in this film hit me harder than any film I've ever seen in my life. And I. And I mean that. I'm not saying it's the best movie I've ever seen. I'm not saying it's the best movie ever made. I'm just saying that some. That there was a formula that happened in this movie that just hit me in the heart in the right place at the right time at the exact moment i needed it and it was very cathartic um there was a genuine uh, breakdown of emotions for me when the film ended i i found myself unable to stop crying and i feel like you know i just didn't care if anybody saw me losing it like that i was just i just wanted to live in it and it felt really good in a weird way to feel the way I did because I don't think the cry is necessarily all because I'm sad about something. It's it's a lot of it has to do with the movies being a celebration of love um, and the power of love and what people do for each other when they're in love with each other. And the way Bradley Cooper hits the emotional beats in this film is – Beyond any cliche you could ever imagine, um, I think the way he timed things, the way he hit you with certain things was, was, it was a very special route to go. That being said, from a production standpoint, this film is remarkable. It's actually a, a remarkable achievement in cinema. Um, Sean, Jake, you saw it. The way it's shot, every detail, every concert, everything is live singing. Everything in the movie is live singing, which is insane. Absolutely amazing. Um, in regards to the concert footage, uh, I'm sure when they're listening to playbacks of her record, that's recordings, I assume. But the concert footage is live singing. But Gaga is incredible. Cooper's incredible. It's the best movie I've seen in a long time. It's truly amazing. Jake, it affected you
2: that way too?
1: Very much so. Um, look, this, this is not the place to get into this sort of thing, but between the, the, the three of us here, we know that I've not had a, an amazing summer. And... I am very much a believer that what you carry into a film can uh, be impacted and affect what you carry out of it. And this was one of those movies that affected me just because of what has been going on with me. And And I think a movie should speak to you personally. Yep. And I think the concept of a film critic not letting his own personal being be affected by a movie makes no sense because, because the three of us all bring in three different... Sure. Three different pieces of baggage into a movie, and it was a movie that that spoke to me, and and in the same way that I'd in a, in a different way, I'd imagine maybe then it spoke to Kevin, which is to me the power of the movie because I walked into the movie with different baggage, and then Kevin walked into the movie, but the fact that we were both affected, but the fact that we were both affected in different ways, right. the fact that the three of us walked out of there thinking different things about the film, universally loving it, yeah. but having different visceral reactions, I think says a lot. Um, it's a movie that that I needed. A movie that for a moment saved me for a second because mm. it just sort of reminded me that, you know, I I don't want us to get the little explicit e, but like stuff sucks mm. sometimes, mm. and stuff sucks when it should be good. Yeah, and it's gonna be okay, and we will make it through, yeah. and and because of that, it I I was able to sort of like and went, to to your point, you stood in the theater. Uh, and for half an hour after the movie was Roughly, over, yeah. p- for, that was your visceral Cleaning reaction. My reaction was to get up and be the first freaking person out of that theater because I couldn't handle any more. Neither of us are right. Neither of us had the right reaction. There is no right reaction to respond to But the fact that we both had such a strong reaction on completely polar opposite ends of the spectrum, to me... Is a It's a true testament to that
3: movie. Well, we had the same reaction. We just handled it differently. Exactly. And I think that I... Sean will talk about this when he ref- talks about his moment, but I couldn't move. Right. Yeah. I actually, and I
1: couldn't move fast enough. Yeah. I couldn't get out of that theater fast enough. I actually...
3: And I genuinely felt paralyzed. And it was a weird thing for me because my wife wasn't with me, and um, it was... Strange because I just felt like I needed her in that moment. Like I wanted to like put my arms around her. It was a really it's it was a very I'm getting teary-eyed literally thinking about it, but it's like it's it, it's a um it's a film that I think a lot of people are gonna be helped by. I think there's a there's a, a lot going on in this movie that I think is gonna speak to people, whether it be addiction, um what or whatever it is, or whatever you've gone through in your life, there's it hits notes. See to me. Music is such a beautiful thing in my life. I love music. I listen to music uh, a lot because it calms me down. Like Oddly enough, heavy metal music calms me down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go to music because I, it makes me feel better if, or if I'm going through an anxiety or some type of depression or whatever, put my headphones in and it kind of helps me mellow out or normalize out, whatever normal means. Um, so I think the combination of incredible cinematography incredibly written, beautiful music, phenomenal voice work, because Gaga is one of the greatest singers of all time. I've seen her in concerts. She's amazing. So it was, it was just a combo of everything that I love, guitar playing, music, filmmaking, acting, performances. It took every aspect of what I love about art and put it in one movie.
2: Well, And I don't really know Gaga that well. Like I don't. I'm obsessed. I, yeah, and yeah. I mean, listen. My wife's much, more
3: obsessed than I am. But pretty I'm much obsessed. everybody
2: is, and I just am not. I'm older, and I I, I know who she is. You know I know her she's music. Extremely popular. Yeah, of course yeah. I know her songs, but I'm not like I'm not 100 into her. Um, and went into it as just a casual fan. And and it the, to me the movie taught me two incredible revelations. One is that Bradley Cooper arrives as a incredible storyteller, right? With his directorial debut. I
1: mean, you can't help but, but imagine that he's learned from the masters.
2: Sure, of course. I Eastwood. know he, he worked with, yeah, Eastwood, David O. Russell, like a number of filmmakers that he's absorbed from, mm-hmm. but there's a number a number of actors who are on sets with those guys who don't take anything Agreed. away from them. Agreed. Um, and it's just like, if you talk about the measure and the composure of the way that this film is put together, he stuns me. But the other one is, is just Gaga and and her ability. Uh, there's a moment early on in the film where she's talking to Bradley Cooper f- before her journey begins. And is singing a chorus of a song that she's like, "Oh, I just started writing this last night," and she belts out the chorus uh, the way that it's in her head. And it's this one of these moments where when somebody has that gravitas and and when they're a when they are an actual star. And it's really funny because one of my go to stories from the junket circuit is that I interviewed Bradley Cooper. Have I told this on the show? Did I ever tell this on the show? I think so. I interviewed Cooper for um, Hangover Part Two in Philadelphia, and. He was doing press in, in Philly because he was visiting some family. So they flew some journalists in, and he was sitting across from me in the chair and was just staring at his phone, staring at his phone. Uh, and then they said, okay, go, you're on. And he oh, put yeah, you phone didn't tell down, yeah. and he lit up super bright. Yeah. Right? And I was like, you're a star. And that's what Gaga has. <laughs> Gaga has those, those moments in this movie where when she sings, you're like, oh, my God, you are one of the most talented people in the world. And, and even that sometimes gets muted by... Uh, being an on-screen performance, right? Okay, like, I'm going bl- to d- play fit. devil's
1: advocate for a second. And I, I don't believe this because I truly believe she could should be nominated for an Oscar. Sure. Um, I think she deserves every piece of credit she's getting. For the people that come out and are inevitably going to say she shouldn't get that much credit because she's playing someone that's not that far of a stretch from who she is, you say what? But it actually is a complete stretch from who she is.
3: Explain. She told us that. So that's the that's I'm glad you brought that up. So we went to a reception the other day for the Broadcast Phone Cards Association at the uh, at, here at TIFF, and she said that my rise to stardom was completely different than hers. Right. She always was a go getter, trying to become uh, get in this business. She was telling us she was telling us about how she made calls that I you know you need to hear the, you need to hear this hot new artist Lady Gaga whatever she was saying. So the rise the the story that her character has is not anywhere but, near who but, she is. But. It's not. There's a
1: difference between. I see what you're saying. It handled. It, okay, it was. She's a singer playing a happened the wrong way. And Gary Oldman going, I was never the prime minister of England. I see what you're saying. And like, it's a big stretch.
3: But remember, remember, she told us that she would yes, call. But radio like, stations that's go, like saying, hey, like, I was artists. on the
1: same interstate, but that's we were funny. in different yeah. lanes. Like. I see no, what you're no, because and, and I'm playing, only playing devil's advocate. You guys know I feel the same way about her performance as you do. But inevitably, I truly feel this is going to be the Oscar movie that in two months people come out and go, you know, it's not really as good as everyone says. Every Oscar movie, every every season, there's always one Oscar movie that has a backlash. *Stars Born* is going to be it, and I think her performance is going to take a hit because people are going to say she didn't have to stretch that much, here's, and they're going to need a defense. And a defense is not it happened to me differently than it happened. Here's to her. why I disagree
3: with you. That is not a defense. The performances. Are only half of the movie for her. Well, she is incredible in every scene when she's not singing.
2: But you know what's going to happen? Because you're right, you're right, and you're she's right. Equally am good pointing every it at every scene. Guys, Bradley Cooper will get more credit because he's an actor playing uh, a, right. a musician,
1: right? And convincingly right. doing it, really convincingly. Mm. Yeah, it's
3: interesting. I, 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 the
1: one that I wasn't I, by no means for you're those playing I devil's advocate. Yeah, I just I know what's coming. Yes, because we're, we're recording this in September. We're six months right. away from the Oscars. Jake's one hundred percent right. The backlash of A Star Is Born is coming. Here's why Jake's right: is because La La Land
3: hit a lull. Yeah, where there was like it, it was it was like okay, I'm so I don't want to hear La La about this. And I we love La La Land yeah. beyond belief, but you know we're right now it's September 9th whatever today's date is. This is going to be a topic of conversation and I, and I thought, through
1: next. It's not going to win Best Picture February until it did, and then it didn't. Okay. Yeah.
3: So I just just one thing I will say about Star Is Born real fast before we move on is that. Every aspect of the performances are incredible, not just the singing aspect of it. Cooper is incredible, um, but it's—I think Cooper is better than Gaga. I disagree. I think they're on even, complete, even playing fields. I don't. I don't. I don't think that. Either of them they're outshines the other. They're
2: both great. Where I, are you on that? I think they're both great. I think I can't. Oh, I pick can't a believe. lane. You know, There's some hubris. hubris. The lane favor, is both of them in the same car driving Cooper. the same way. I would favor Cooper just for what Jake is well, saying. But one's, well, one's driving the car. she's a singer uh, playing a singer. No, they're singer, both in the backseat hanging out he being is driven by so the driver
3: from the movie. Who is Bradley Cooper? He's great.
2: He's great. Okay. Who is the director? The movie is fantastic, and everyone needs to go see it.
3: No, the joke I was making was that Cooper's character in the beginning of the movie has a driver, the guy from Star Trek and Star Wars. Oh, uh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, guy yeah. from Lost.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. People right, are going to have to wait till October to see this, but you don't have to wait very long to see The Predator.
3: Yeah, but oh, b- before we s- before Which we is, move- is also a film. <laughs> which is, a- before we move on real fast, <laughs> yes. um, uh, since we Game did is touch Starsborn. Born. <laughs> Look at Gabe. No, it's okay, it's okay. I don't think <laughs> I can hey, I, I just want to say one thing. <laughs> yes. Starsborn. <laughs> Born, we've all seen it. Yes. Where is it right now in your top films of the year? Top five. Number one. It's my number one. So Jake and I had a, 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 agreement, a talk, discussion about this the other day, and I actually disagree with him on how he handles the top ten. Yeah. Um, he thinks that I can't have two movies tied for the same thing. No, so I don't th- what?
1: not th- 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 Okay, I don't think... You, you can do whatever you want at your top ten. I think it's a cop-out. So you gotta break it's it's right. not
3: a cop-out at all, actually. Why can't two films have hit me equally hard? It's the same way. Gotta pick Why do out. I... Ha- no, you d- I actually don't... I don't agree with that. So, with the solution it's a, that...
1: It's the same reason I can't do soccer. I can't do ties. The
3: solution Jake and I came up with was if I, at the end of the year, I still feel that Ready Player One and Star is born are my number one films of the year, That's I will I will eliminate my second slot. Okay. So, I would go 1-1 one, one, and then I would go 3- to Infinity War. So right now, it's Ready Player One, A Star is Born, Infinity War. Okay, Deadpool my argument
1: two. would be at that point, just put them in alphabetical a quarter. If you don't have the capacity to rank them, then just put them why in Why in alphabetical do I order.
3: have to make that decision?
1: You don't you have to do anything, but if you're going to make a top 10 list yeah. and not pick a number one, then don't do it. Right now, A Star Is Born
3: is my number one of the year with Ready Player One. It's also
1: one. it's it's really unfair to be like, well, this movie is better
2: than this movie. Like, no, know, that's don't, don't, how okay, everything is then chosen. Then don't do a top ten
1: list. Yeah, then don't yeah. do Like a top don't ten run a race if you're not willing to have. Yeah, yeah. no, do an alphabetical. Roger list of Eber the used ten, to do that. Okay. Roger Ebert used to say, you know, I don't feel comfortable ranking them this wow. year, and then he would put them in alphabetical order. Sure. Okay. So then do that.
3: All right. Here's what I'll do. Say September 9th. Right now, since I just saw A Star Is Born, it's still fresh in my mind. Yes. And I've seen Ready Player One nine times. They're flashpoints
1: of a moment. Right. How many times have we looked at back at a top ten list and go, "Oh, I would change the order." So here's of what that? I'm
3: going to do every at, year. At the every end year. of the year, I will make an inevitable decision yeah. on, on the two. I think so. But right here's now, the, I think if they you are do a both top equal ten point, list. Okay. they're both equal.
1: Okay. No one's making any of us do top ten lists. But, but I get if, you're saying, saying, if you're going to <laughs> do the, yes, you <it>. should follow the rules. Yes, that's like like giving everyone a participation ribbon.
3: I agree with you, Jake. So what I will do in December when I make my top ten list. I will inevitably make that decision. So at the moment, I am still then. Uh, then the true answer is I'm still debating. And this comes from when, what, whenever Kevin films.
1: tells me he's got two number ones, and I always go, "No, yeah. don't do that." Right. So if, you, if we're going to have this discussion, <laughs> right. pick a number well, you one. Will, will
3: you allow me to have two number ones right now? I don't
1: think you need to have a number one until January first, twenty nineteen. right now? I have two number one sons.
2: I can't choose between them. I love them. Both. You have so
3: you're to talking to about, sh- You
1: talking about me and Kevin?
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jake, explain <laughs> how he chooses his favorite son. I can't.
1: Whoever has the best hair. EJ's got great hair. Oh, I still thought we were talking about me and Kevin. No, not you. Too. Everything's about Jake. Yeah, you Jay. have sons
3: sometimes. <laughs> actual
2: sons. Um,
1: predator is a
3: movie. It is a film. Wait, wait, wait. Can we? <laughs> can we clear? And I, I'm normally stores. not this persnickety about things. It's the Predator. So we gotta be. be yeah. yeah the Predator. I keep saying like Predator. It's not Predator. Predator um, was the. Predator. the was we
2: the, we yeah. went to the midnight. But to be fair, at this predator. point in
3: our life, I would say there's. You know, predator just, and then okay, The so Predator. We're
2: not going to talk a lot about but, The Predator because it's not really like, that great. Hold on. I, great.
3: I have to give an update. As we're recording this, my wife uh, is seeing a starsborn Born premiere here at Toronto uh, at, the, at TIFF. Yeah. And because of my reaction to the movie, I was concerned about how heavily it was going to hit her. I'm a very emotional person. Sure. So the all she said to me just now at 10.08 p.m. on Sunday night, her only tweet text to me was dead. <laughs> So she's <laughs>
1: what I really hope is that she isn't actually dying on the side that, of the street in Toronto that, and knowing my wife and she's like in danger right now. No, we're all laughing yeah. because we think it's an, it's actually advantage.
3: happened. Yeah. No, but by knowing my wife really well, that means that she's just yeah. in pure oh, shock. I believe it. Yeah. 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 I believe okay. it hundred
2: um, percent. I don't want to spend too much time on the predator. Um, Cause even though Jake and I liked it more than Kevin did, we're yeah. not going to really go
1: to bat. I mean, it's, it. it's, it's, it's I, I keep telling people fun with an asterisk, the asterisk being stupid. It's yeah. stupid. But I had a blast watching it. There are moments that I went, "Oh God, this is idiotic." Right. But there were more moments that I went, "Oh, that's cool," which is like really all you can ask for. I think so. Yeah. I mean, okay, go back to '87. Didn't we say everything we needed to say pretty much with Predator? Yes. Like, was there really room for growth? Did Danny Glover need to get involved? No. No, he didn't. So and at this any- point, if like they're going Predator to too. keep making them, for the record, right, just like at least just entertain me. Yeah. And I was more entertained than I wasn't with The Predator. Right. The
0: Predator.
2: But I want to couch it in this way because then I'll transition into our other midnight, um, which is Halloween, which do had its if you're going to continue do a do do franchise the way that The Predator is trying to do and the way that Halloween is trying to do, Halloween does it much more
1: effectively. Well, The Predator should have brought back Arnold if it were going to do it then. Yeah, very true. In the same way that the the same Halloween way, brought back Halloween yeah, and its it. sequel, Halloween. Yeah, that's Probably. weird, it isn't is it? It is weird. Yeah,
2: they're not even calling it like Halloween twenty eighteen. Yeah. So they're
3: just just to give some perspective because I, I think our listeners like to know inside stuff about how this kind of stuff works. Sure, like the festival is really fun, and you know Jake and I. No, have. Uh, it's not. I think so. <laughs> I I actually disagree. Jake, Jake uh, is. Really we're all tired. tired, but I'm having a great time. I think he is too. He's just he's just it's a lot.
1: I'm a curmudgeonly old man.
3: Um, yeah. <laughs> by the way. Jake Hamilton had a ticket to the Halloween premiere last night and wouldn't go because I'm he's a tired. curmudgeonly old okay. man. Okay, here's
1: what I'll say. <laughs> I love horror films. Sean lo- is 85, I lo- and he went last <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is Kevin's last episode yeah. of... No, <laughs> oh, I, my, okay, I admit it. We, we had a 9 a.m. screening this morning that we had to go which to. Which I went to as well. Which you went to. Um, I'm, just, I'm giving you tough luck. No, no, I'm I get but But my thing is, I am so excited for Halloween I didn't want to put myself in a position where I might even possibly see it under a circumstance yeah. under which I might not see it best. Yeah, I am. And if I even thought I was going to be the least bit tired, which I knew I would because I was asleep before you guys even walked into the theater. Yeah, I'm jealous. I, why would I do that? Why I'm would I put jealous. myself to do that? In all, and we're doing the junket next weekend. We're gonna. I'm, just, I'm seeing it in literally less than seven in days. In all seriousness,
3: though, um, I think f- these festivals are... It, to me, I still can't get over the fact that I'm able to watch a movie and then sit down with the people behind it and talk to them about right, it. Right, right. Like, it's still... Like, I, 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 I got back here from the Stars Born Friday, and every every night, the past two nights, at 1.30, two, 2 in the morning, I've been re- rehearsing my questions with my wife's best friend, Lauren, who's staying with us. Like, going over my questions, like, right. as if she's Gaga. I did it with Jake and I used to do this all the time with, with Spielberg stuff. Call well, them Geek Out dinner, But...
1: Thanks for inviting
3: me. The cool thing about these <laughs> We wait, we had one we did the Chipotle. That's it, funny. I, so Jake and I have been in this business for a long time. Jake and I were at Chipotle yesterday having lunch. Um and we were going over I we, we were pretending to go over our star-born yeah, questions. Yeah. That's how that's, we we get excited. So I think the, one of the things that's cool about this festival is I'm running just kind of on on pure excitement. I mean, I'm eventually when I get home I'm probably just going to pass out for 2 days straight. But the premieres we've gone to so far, Predator was midnight Thursday. We landed. Sean was in line. It was so much fun. There's two blocks of people in line. Right. We, we pass Sean. We sit together. We take a picture together. The movie hits. Shane Black comes out. Um, you know, And while I may not have loved The Predator, um, it was just a fun, exciting midnight premiere to have together. Uh, and there's some big moments that are so violent and so brutal and just kind of callbacks to the 87 Predator, which is in my opinion, just a great example of how an action movie should be made simple which is funny to me because i you and i argue about die hard die hard one three which i like three better because but you th- you claim one better because it's more simple and it's yeah. kind of comp- composed um so anyway so going on to halloween last night jake didn't go sean and i went
2: and michael myers
3: comes out oh.
2: at the beginning of the movie so right before the movie starts the star of Austin Powers? the theater goes dark <laughs> they start pumping in uh the john carpenter score mm. Which Jake mimicked before, but the whole cast introduced it first, right? They did, yes. And then someone in a Mike Myers costume came out to the middle of the stage and just like peered out over everybody. It had like a spotlight on them, you know, a small spotlight, and it just like everyone was clapping and cheering and screaming. And like the atmosphere of the Midnight's is part of the reason why I don't really like doing Midnight's because it really messes your day. The next but day is so a nightmare, much fun. but it is really fun. If you and especially
3: ever get to go to Toronto. This is my first time ever going to the Winter Garden Theater. Beautiful. It's literally what the title says. Like, you're sitting in a theater with fake trees and, like, gorgeous uh, architecture. And we're, you know, Sean and I are on on the mezzanine together. Jamie Lee Curtis comes out. We're talking 40 years of film history. Yeah, yeah. Like, on that stage. uh, And it truly, it was really surreal. I mean, I'm 34 years old. I wasn't alive when the first Halloween came out. But I've studied that film very heavily because of just the brilliant tracking shot in the beginning that Carpenter does, the music he wrote for that film, the story behind the mask of Captain Kirk mask. So it was just kind of a weird like, well, whoa.
2: And let me also because yeah. you just mentioned that forty years of history, like just and and really, I swear to God, this is not meant as like a, a a name drop marathon. But yesterday, over the course of one day, you guys interviewed Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. We all met Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. We uh, saw Jamie Lee Curtis introducing Halloween. It's like crazy. the fact that like all of this took place over the course of one day in Toronto is is mind blowing right. to me. Oh, it's insane. And I think part oh, of the- and I'm sorry. And I went to a movie called Ben is Back, and where Life Julia itself. Roberts was on the red carpet, like Julia Roberts. And then she came out and like did a Q and A at the stage uh, on the stage. And then you saw who was in Life Itself. Oscar Isaac was. Olivia, yeah, Olivia Wild, oh,
1: yeah, Olivia. Life Clark, itself, Mandy for, Patinkin. It's crazy. The Do amount me of people a favor for
3: people out there listening, make up, go see that, make up your own mind. Jake and I have been seeing, and Sean as well have been seeing a lot of negativity towards that movie that I think is completely unwarranted. I guess you
1: can't. So we're talking about life. We're talking itself, about Life itself from Dan Fogelman, the creator of this. Right, is right. Us. Thank
3: but you, so I didn't realize that there was a lot of negative reviews out for the film prior to sitting down in the theater. It was I was just like I was not just negative reviews. Like, like we're vicious. talking about people hating yeah. the film so i i when i walked out of it and again this again speaks to what we were just discussing a little while ago with the star is born where you are in your life when you watch a film can affect the way you view it mm-hmm. it hit me at a time where jake was with me part of the walk last night when i walked from the theater from life itself to halloween i had a very profound discussion with a friend of mine named gray drake who works for rotten tomatoes on the way to halloween because of what we saw in Life Itself, mm-hmm. so yeah, you're right. Just the perspective of everything that happened yesterday, and then today, like we're you know Jake and I saw White Boy Rick and 9 and then we had junket for Life Itself, then we had White Boy Rick interviews, then we did this. So it's kind of crazy. But mm-hmm. going back to Halloween now, so you saw it, I saw it. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, so I just want to really say that as a continuation of the first movie, if they're saying that it's a sequel to John Carpenter's original,
3: a direct sequel. Yes. So nothing else that ever came out that he matters.
1: Raced. Which, like, they're good interesting. Halloween sequels. I'm okay. No, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it, too. No, I'm okay no, with, no, I'm okay with it. But, like, yeah. people are like, oh, like screw all other Halloweens. I'm like, they're I, they're, I actually like H2O. H2O's fun. Yeah, yeah,
2: they're not too bad. But but to bring Jamie Lee Curtis back, and it. Oh, I'm trying to think of another example of a movie like this that brought back an original star years later. I don't know why none of them jump into. I thought Halloween was, like, following a pattern. Some other, But so to see Jamie Lee Curtis back in the role of Laurie Strode, to come up with a clever way to bring Michael back, um, to get him out of his place. I don't want to give away any sort of spoilers. It's definitely a movie you should go see. The one thing I will say is that with David Gordon Green uh, at the helm and Danny McBride uh, helping him co-write, and I think Danny came out and said this at the Q&A afterwards, he says, people were laughing too much. Maybe we put too many jokes into this thing. Um, And there are some really good jokes, and there's some funny characters in it, but the kill count in this, uh, Jake and I were talking about this. It's it's triple what the original
3: oh, was, and, and the kills are
2: brutal.
3: Yes, we're talking about. I, don't say anything. I, I won't seen say it. anything. But yeah, we're yeah. talking about like,
2: <laughs> like uncomfortable. Let me. I'll bring up. I'll bring up. <laughs> no, one. no, don't do it. No, 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 no don't. No. no. Okay. All right. Then I won't. It. Then no. I won't.
3: Then I won't. All right. Very violent. So, but really violent. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. <laughs> Halloween one was great because the kills meant something. Yeah, and I'm not saying they don't in this movie because I'm actually not going to review this movie now because I'm going to w- I'm going to wait and see it again and then because we're like a month out. Um, I really like this film for sure, and I think it's I think it it has as lo- there's a lot good going for it. What? What are you laughing at?
1: I'm laughing at because you always preface it by going, "I'm not going to review this movie." But oh, and see, then you give a review of the movie. No, I, no,
3: I actually, I think reviewing a movie is actually giving your star rating. I don't. Yeah. I, I think discussing it is not reviewing.
2: You won't yet. give a star rating on it.
3: Not yet. I'm not ready for it yet.
2: Hmm. I, would, I don't even know what attitude. mine would be. Yeah, I haven't thought about it yet. I'm not ready. For it. <laughs> I love that joke.
1: That joke it a, I'll stop saying it when it so gets to myself getting a laugh. No, it's so funny.
2: Um, in addition to Halloween and. A lot of the Oscar but titles, potential Oscar titles. Before
3: yes. before we leave Halloween, yeah. Let me give a review for fans out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, I, was for, I was looking for a Gabe laugh uh, for fans out there we though. This is. <laughs>
1: he's not laughing. I'll say laugh, this, and, I, and
3: then I will say this. This is no one. This is the best Halloween film since the original. That's fair. And that's
1: easy. Yeah. That,
2: that that's an easy statement to make. There's but is no that really saying anything? Uh, Actually, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, because I even said Predator might be the best. Predator sequel.
1: But is that really saying anything? And right. I have to sort of acknowledge yeah, I like Predator the bar two, is, that new one. To a certain the degree, it's even low. like saying like this Star is born is the best Star is born. Like Is oh, it like Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. For the people that are like, oh, Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson, Judy that's not good. a great movie. Judy Garland, yeah. The, Judy that Judy is a, the Chris Christopherson Barbara Barbra Streisand movie is not a good movie. Right. I asked someone today, someone was like, oh, that's a great movie. Someone that I'd argue is probably in the ballpark of 40 to 45 years old. And I said, when was the last time you watched Chris Christopherson, Barbara Streisand and Star is Born? She goes, I was 17. Mm. Well, I said, you should watch it again because it's not good. Right. People, I think they bow fingered it. And Chris Christopherson is just drunk the entire time, right? And they're just following him around with a camera.
3: People listening to us, though, they do want to know what our reactions are to Halloween. So let let's disc- real before we move on. What like generally speaking, though, I will say this to give J- David Gordon Green some great credit here: the movie genuinely scares. It's a thrilling, great audience movie. Yes, um, it's hyper violent, very brutal, um, and. I do think that fans of the original are gonna be satisfied.
2: Oh, I think it is a terrific so addition if, to the franchise. If you're ask
3: if you want to know the reality of where this falls in the franchise. Yeah. Okay, I have
1: a question. Yeah. How does it differ from what And I say this because I hated his two films from what Rob Zombie did. That's a really great I question. actually Rob really Zombie was brutal. I loved Rob I Zombie's first Halloween Rob Zombie's movie. movie. I disagree with you on that. Hated I, I don't like movies.
3: his sequel, but the first one I thought was good.
2: I called um this new movie nasty and mean Mm -hmm. and a good friend of mine perry Nemiroff, um who is a horror aficionado she said you're right it is but not in the way that the rob zombie ones were the rob zombie ones and and rob zombie makes movies that are like this they're those
1: torture porn
2: intentionally yeah uncomfortable like hostile with the way they do is but but this new halloween is nasty in a john carpenter sort of way yeah in does, It's does nasty all,
1: in a classy way yeah does that makes
2: sense a, yeah. Which, yeah by the way, way is
3: a weird thing to say but you're 100 right like the violence while horrifying and unspeakable it's a different style of violence like yeah. it's not done in a <laughs> it's, it's weird to talk about that well, okay well, I, have that. No, I, have an, I have an example
2: no i haven't i have an example this is a fun in conversation the rob zombie, um, in the rob zombie um uh, you would know that somebody is going to get killed and he would like focus on the person and you would wallow in how scared they are right and you'd feel dirty for doing it and
3: kind of that in Carpenter's movie the first one when when he's the kid and he walks upstairs with the blanket over his head and yeah. you're just oh, i think there's a
1: difference to me but that is to me i'd argue that scene. is borderline beautiful but in this one but and, wait and beautiful. beautiful that that no, shot, a shot where you're look oh that the whole concept oh just,
3: look, let me clarify here you're not calling the 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 death scene. No, no, but just like,
1: I'd argue the opening of the original Halloween is one of the most just beautifully constructed pieces of horror. It's tracking shot. The whole thing's one shot. Yeah, but beautifully constructed pieces of horror ever ever in the history of cinema.
2: In this new movie, what they'll do, and and horror movies, good horror movies do this, um, you'll see a a hammer, you know, Mike Myers, Mike Myers, Uh, Michael Myers will um, see a hammer and you know, oh, I know it's coming now, sort of thing, but you don't see it. It's more like suggestion.
1: No, dude, because what's in our mind is always worse than what you see. Yeah.
3: Here's on what the I'll say: there, there
2: are there, some brutal kills there
3: there is, too. Uh, and again, not going to say what it is. So Jake, don't worry. There is a kill in this film that I do think was on zombies level, though. I
2: know which one it is. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You didn't.
3: We didn't say anything. Didn't say
2: anything. You Stomped yeah, your yeah. foot. I know exactly what. Yeah. They go to a country Could western and for they, the record,
1: nothing bad happens at a country stop. western bar. They it's a stop. beautiful, safe it's space. Like a line dance. By the way, like I disagree
3: I told this, this you, to you over text. I was at a metal show recently.
2: Oh, and gosh, here we go. I don't know. This I, is a, this come is a on, detour. we're allowed we're to have, 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 we're gonna have go, out. go off topic
3: for go a second. podcast. We're not on TV. Go get it. Um so uh we're I'm at a concert recently. Just this this is I said this to Jake just to make a mag because it was kind of funny because Jake listens to country music. I'm a metal
1: head, I'm a hip hop guy. Um, but yeah, this actually... Let me, let, me, let me give you an impression of, of Kevin's music.
3: Let <laughs> me give you an impression. I, you know, I'm not even going to joke about country. Because I, <laughs> I have respect for all music. Um, except for every song sounds the same in country music. But... Um, <laughs> 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 but all the songs are about love. <laughs> Anyways. my <laughs> p- See why do you See, you automatically assume
1: hate. You put headphones on continue anyways continue, i i am a Game's metal i'm a metal head
3: out. so I, I introduced jay jake to lama Then the other day
1: and he was not he rest. tortured me with lame it was great go.
3: anyways real quick i was at a I was at a metal concert the other day five finger death punch breaking benjamin Um, and i went to the bathroom to get a uh, and then to get a beer and this cop recognized me um a police officer recognized me and said hey I lo- you know I love you on fox 5 and junkies whatever i was like cool man i was like i was like i hope you have a safe night tonight cuz i had to just assume that metal shows were Shows where a lot of bad things may happen, drunk fights, whatever it's going to be. I was like, "What time do you think things are going to kind of start getting kind of crazier?" Because I would, you would think just metal show. He goes, he goes. Actually, metal show. These shows are actually very friendly. It's yeah. the country shows that are really bad. Right, and I was right. like, "What?" <laughs> so I texted Jake immediately. I was like. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so <laughs> you talk about your death and
1: destruction. That's your buddy. That's your music. We just say hello in very interesting ways.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about a, a real quick detour, too, for Kevin. I want to give you a shout-out, because you mentioned getting recognized by somebody. And when the last time I was coming through customs, I told you this story. Uh, I was coming back from a set visit, and the guy asked me what I do for a living. And I told him I write for a movie website. And he goes, you should have seen this segment... Um, about the last blockbuster video, uh, this is in North Carolina. The last blockbuster video was on Fox News, uh, and it and like they it was went. That was my
1: cousin. That, they, was, that was your customs office. You
2: sound like Jake uh, when he's
3: had a couple beers.
2: And uh, <laughs> this guy went, and I said, "Did he rent uh, Terminator Two and True Romance?" And he goes, "Oh, you saw the segment?" And I said, "No, even better than that." One, I know, one of my best friends. I know the guy who did it. Yeah. Who he he said, I have a podcast. He goes, no.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's way too famous to be on a podcast with you. I know,
2: but I love the fact that you got recognized Dude, for that, that I, segment. I,
3: I, I love that our show is kind of like, uh, it just, it, everyone's listening to it, but, but r- real quick, um, uh, we'll move on to the next movie, but one thing I found really cool last night at the Halloween premiere was after they came back out, and Jamie Lee Curtis, I can't say the word she said, but mm-hmm. We're in this crowd of sold out theater, like hundreds of people. We're the all world like, premiere. We're all on a we're on a big high, you know? What I mean? Like everyone's just like everyone in the theater is just on this like cloud nine element of like this is really cool. Right. And then she just goes, "Happy Halloween, M.Fers!" Yeah. And I was like, "She is just the coolest person ever." <laughs> and I've interviewed her so many times. She apparently her son is like super cool. She plays video games. Takes them to video game conferences. Like. Oh, nice. um, and she just seems like the coolest, and she's the nicest person, the most respectful person, and she's so great in this. And the cool thing about the new Halloween that I think people are gonna be really uh, happy with is the three generations of Strode's. Yep. So you're getting this element of Laurie, her son, played by Judy Greer, or daughter, played by Judy Greer, and then mm-hmm. Judy Greer's daughter. Uh, and it's kind of a cool it fills in that 40-year gap
2: Absolutely. well. Yeah, so. very well. That's cool. All yeah. right. Um, we have to transition to the movie that I was able to see today that the guys were not able to join me up because they were in Junket Land, and it's a movie that we've talked about often on the podcast because the director is one of the patron saints of Real Blend, Mr. Damien Chazelle. This is First Man in IMAX, and uh, I have to say that it is, um, mm-hmm. it's a good movie. But I can't I can't say that it's a great movie. All right. See, this and is it hurts me a lot. So Jake to, and I to report this. And
3: Sean are on a text chain. Yeah. And Jake and I were in the middle of White Boy Rick interviews today. Um, which remind me later on the podcast at some point to get to my Matthew McConaughey historian, same with Jake. Um so we are in the outside of Matthew McConaughey's room waiting to interview, and we know Sean is currently in the 2 p.m. of First Man, and he's seeing it at the Cinesphere, which is where I saw Duncan last year. It's one of the nicest theaters ever, brand new screen. It was awesome. Six-story Ibex. And Sean just, like, nonchalantly, like, sends us photos of, like, the Q&A of First Man without any reaction. Like, after First Man, Sean, or after uh, Star is Born, Sean was, like, in, like, full emotional mode. Like
2: actually, even leading into First Man, I was like forty-five minutes ago. Yeah, can't wait. I got texted from the IMAX theater. I was like, I'm here. It's happening. Here worse than So ready. And story. I were like, something <laughs> is not right here. Yeah, it was off, and uh, be- truly because. As I wrestled with it, this is the movie that this was my most anticipated at the festival. This is the movie that I needed to be uh, amazing. And this is um, and, it, and it wasn't. And it, it's it's a good movie. I haven't I, seen I, it. Believe me. Yeah. These guys haven't seen it yet. And I do not want to. And we make this joke often. I don't want this to be conveyed into me saying it's a bad movie. It is not a bad movie by any stretch. Um, It's just not as good as I needed it to be or really wanted to be because with Damien's films, his last two films were my number ones the year that they came out. And this is a different movie. And Jake asked me a really great question, which was. um, Jake asked a great question. He did. And he said, if you see it it again, um, (laughs) do you think it will improve or will it change? And I just don't think it will because I think the things that bother me about it. um, So it's a Neil Armstrong story. The parts about the moon race and NASA. Um, are fascinating to me, um, and I, I. But but the astronauts themselves, the men who have to commit to these missions, have to be wired differently, uh, because if you put yourself in their jobs, we couldn't do them. Like you, right. they, they are they are men who strap themselves into tiny compartments where they're going to stay for days on end. Right. Um, and rocket themselves into a, a, an area that no one's been to before. And the movie conveys the weight of that that fear yeah. of doing this. But then the movie also tries to humanize these guys, or especially the Neil Armstrong character, um, by giving them a family life and emphasizing that family life. And every time that the movie did that, I lost interest in it. And it just wasn't compelling to me. And I don't know, Claire Foy plays... Um, Ryan Gosling's wife, Neil Armstrong's wife, in this movie. And I don't know if it's her performance, and I don't know if it's the character. I'm just not sure I want to be able to see it again. But every time that we diverted away from the space race and we learned about Neil as a person, because by the end of the movie, I still don't feel like I know who Neil Armstrong was. The movie didn't give me that. That's a big problem. That's a problem. And um, and it's a big chunk of the movie. It's not like a small subplot. Uh, There's a lot with his family life, and it wasn't... Interesting.
3: So um, I haven't seen it yet. It's my most anticipated movie, The Fall. Um, I'm a big fan of Chazelle. A lot to do with the idea that he's utilizing um, the Nolan format of making a movie that you need to see in theaters, shooting yeah. it on IMAX. Yes. Um, so you saw it today. Uh, my wife said it expands to the full IMAX during the moon sequences. Yes. Um, Okay, so not. I don't want to get too muddy and deep into this, but we do need to touch on the controversy that's surrounding this movie, just for a quick second. Yes. Um, and here's why, and 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 because my wife tweeted something out that I that made me really happy because I I knew that the controversy was was not. It was too blown up, I think, and I haven't seen the movie. But a lot of people who are
1: complaining—you mean a ton of people complaining about a movie that they haven't seen was blown out of proportion. That was the point I was going for. <laughs>
3: so when the movie premiered, uh, an article came out that there was no scene where the flag is planted onto the moon—the actual shot itself—and there is not. There's not. Um, so this completely created a quote-unquote anti-American uh, idea around the movie that it was not focusing on that, and then. Uh, Gosling had a quote about it being more of a human story, et cetera. So, to clarify, and based on my wife's tweet who saw it today, you saw it today, the flag is beautifully still in the movie. There's a great shots of the flag, two wide shots of okay. the
2: moon surface where the flag is planted.
3: Is the movie, in your opinion, anti-American? Not in the least bit. Thank you. And my wife, Not in the least my, bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna read my wife's tweets. I thought her tweet was very summed it up, and I haven't seen the movie yet, but this is based on what my wife had said about the film. But I and I want to see if you agree with this because I think this this is a very fascinating thing she said, and I think this speaks to what you just said. She said, the American flag is shown prominently in the moon scene and looked gorgeous. It told the story of an American man with a family who had a dream and worked hard to accomplish going to the moon. So definitely not understanding the anti-American controversy.
2: Yeah, that's totally it. And it's, it, I don't think that the movie overemphasizes that they were Americans that or happened it's to do just it.
3: That what it and is. And it
2: doesn't take away from the fact that they were Americans as they did it. Some filmmakers, Clint Eastwood is a little bit guilty of this, Michael Bay sometimes is, is you go, guilty you of this. It. Right, it's like yeah. it, they call it jingoism where you're like you're waving the flag what are they, what are they too they hard. It? Jingoism it's, I've never heard it of is it's a jingoistic, you're like over it's overly patriotic to the point where it's almost comical. Interesting, I never right? heard that. Right. And so um Damian never really in this movie I don't. He always just wanted to sort of emphasize that these people were were so numbers driven and statistic driven. Like uh, this isn't giving much away, but um, gosh, how do I say this? Um, uh, I don't even want to say okay, this. You don't have to. Yeah, never mind. I don't but, even want to say it. There was a point I was going to make, but it, it, it would give away something. Jake, you moment. and I had I'm a lot of
3: discussions that. about the, the flag thing when we were, we were in Vegas, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was. a I was concerned because, because of the way the internet works nowadays, some a movie can be ruined. But hold on, just let me finish the point, and then, I'll, then I'll have you right. Um, what, what I mean by that is, like, I think that at the moment it was a big story. It was a story that was big in our world. Well, I don't know, but but it, it was a story people were talking about, and I was legitimately seeing tweets of people who had not seen the movie that said I was going to watch this, right? But now I'm not. Because the flag-planting video is not there. Ugh, it's stupid. So, so I just want to get that out there, and then, Jake, I want you to talk about where you came from in that.
1: I'm a big believer in that people believe what they want to believe, right. and that a lot of times they'll look for what they consider to be excuses to back it up. Sure. And I think all of the people that were screaming about how this film that a majority of them have probably never heard of before. 99% hadn't even seen never the even movie. Never even seen a trailer. Yeah. Well, one, hadn't even seen the film because at this point it hadn't even premiered at TIFF. Right. right? I mean, these people believed what they already believed, and they were looking for a, yet another t- excuse to justify how the liberal Hollywood is going against America. Right. And when this story came out, they leapt onto it, and they looked at it as an opportunity. To, to talk about that agenda. Yes.
2: But I also want to say that specifically tonight at the intro, Damien brought out Neil Armstrong's two sons who are prominent in the film. right? Who and, defended the film. Well, and they said specifically, and I know that they were basically not like coached to say this, but they said this for the reason of they said this movie gets uh, – they took the, this book uh, called First Man, which is a uh, biography of our father – which was a very detailed and um, specific in terms of like NASA jargon, and they researched to find the story between the chapters, and he said they get it all right, and they said we would not be here in support of this film if they didn't get it all right. And I know that that is in response to... 100%. The flag controversy, yeah. that those guys came out to say that, to okay. say, our family backs this movie, which is a Neil Armstrong story. To play Jake's side of
3: uh, the devil's advocate element of sometimes what he does when we're talking about things, um, Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. Came out with a tweet that didn't specify it was a first man tweet, yeah. but surrounding the controversy, sure. tweeted a photo of the flag being placed on the moon. Yeah. I don't know if Buzz Aldrin's seen the film. I know that Corey from- Corey um, Stall Plays him in the movie. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Aldrin being um, seeming Uh, to seeming to go to go against it? It's
2: funny because he's not painted in the best light in this movie. That's really interesting. Uh, Interesting. He's painted as a guy who is almost um, jealous, autistic. No, almost autistic in a in a. But but again, this is what What the movie is. He is he 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 in in the group dynamic, and so much of the of the movie is about how people are paired on these missions, okay, and who should be the leader and who is the right person. Emotionally and uh, and from a skills perspective, who as they're putting together the Gemini missions and then all of the Apollo missions, because this was Apollo eleven before they even decided they were finally going to touch base on the. Right. And there are some astronauts who lose their way over the course of it. And every time they show Buzz, he's always um, saying things that are really candid um, and not, and insensitive. Um, and he'll, he even has a line in the movie where he says something really insensitive about one of the astronauts who lost their life in the program. And he goes, I'm just saying what everybody's thinking kind of thing. And uh, Neil Armstrong says, well, maybe you shouldn't. Wow. Right. And so Buzz Aldrin, they're just but it's not a fault of his that he's that way. Um, and it's almost because,
1: like you said at the beginning, you inherently have to be wired a different way to even do this to, be, to begin I think with.
2: Some incredibly smart people are not necessarily people skills. How is right? Gosling? They don't have it. Um, not great. He's fine. He's fine. And I've read. Best actor Defeat... nomination. Can no. you see. no. So. Do no. you see Armstrong you say no. or do you see. That's, that's a big. I mean, do you possibly... see Gosling playing Armstrong or do you see Armstrong? I see Ryan Gosling. Ah. I see Ryan Gosling. Ah. And this, is, this
3: is really worrying me. I see Ryan Gosling 100%. Here, I will say this. And I, and I love Sean. I respect Sean. Um, This is a general. Like my wife. Uh, I was reading tweets about it. It's kind of where people are at with this. Yeah. I'm still – I'm seeing it tomorrow. I'm holding out hope. I love Chazelle. And here's the thing. And this I is, love him too. This is inherently More what's wrong with society today. And Jake and I – and you have discussed this a million times. When you say a movie is good and not – Why'd you great, hate it? Why'd you hate it? Why'd you hate it? Uh, yeah. So for the record, <laughs> yeah. Sean said First Man is good. It is. It, he's saying it's just not great. So be that what it may –
1: which is a fair thing to say under the assumption that we all were going into this movie expecting being it to told be great. it was a best picture, right. not not like nominee, sure contender. Yeah. A contender. So, so just to clarify,
3: if you're listening to us and you're hearing Sean go, go down certain negative paths, his general consensus was it was
2: good. It's good. And yeah. and, I, and I also would not be surprised if it gets into the race. Sure. Um, because I, race? I think the, <laughs> the movie will uh, be pushed properly. Mm-hmm. But... Um, do I see movies like Star is Born being better than it right now? Yes, absolutely. Real quick question before absolutely.
3: we move on. Yeah. Um, the, there was a Q&A afterwards. Chazelle was there. Yes. Uh, Justin Hurwitz was there, who I'm obsessed with. His
2: music is amazing in the movie. Uh,
3: that's, what was, that was, mu- that was, that's what I was getting. His music is great. Did Chazelle talk at all the Q&A about the different cameras? Um, Gray, because uh, uh, my friend Gray Rotten Tomatoes uh, sent me a message um, during the Q&A. Right. Uh, it's saying that, Kevin, if you were here right now, your head would be exploding because... She knows I'm really into the technical stuff in 70mm IMAX. Absolutely. Um, she said there was like VistaVision, use whatever it was. Did you hear any of that?
2: So much of that. Um, because he said he wanted to shoot for a docudrama um, approach. And no green screen. No At green screen. All. A lot of handheld. Dude, the, the moon. Okay, so even though I have some issues with the film, the moon landing and the moon surface stuff is mind-blowing. how do good. you do that with no green screen? Um, I you use a black background? I guess you use a black background and a... And, uh, it said it was shot in Atlanta, which I was kind of amazed at at the Tyler Perry Studios. Wow. So I'm guessing that they just built, I mean, they focus so much, there's so much emphasis on touching down on the surface of the moon that it's. I, I do, I do want to read a ton about how he filmed it. So,
3: because I'm, I that's one of the reasons. Well, Interstellar is one of my favorite movies of all time, but Interstellar was little to no green screen whatsoever, and I think. I think Chazelle falls in that category of someone like a Nolan, who really wants to capture as much as he can in camera. Right. Um, the footage we saw for First Man prior to Mission Impossible: Fallout um, was very shaky inside the cockpit as he it's, was taking and off. And it's a
2: lot of that. It's too much of that. Is it? Is that distracting? Yeah, it took me out of it. That's too. It's too much of it. Right. He overrelied on it, in my opinion. Jake,
3: are you in hearing this from Sean? What are your thoughts now? <laughs> I, I, I'm still excited.
1: But I'm concerned. I don't know. I, I'm i still excited, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I here's be, the deal. Yeah. I, I've always Ultimately. been a, like, look, I, I I feel the way I feel. I mean, one of the movies that I liked most out of this festival is a movie that not just people dislike, but people Life actively are g- genuinely going after. Yeah.
3: There's so, there's a possibility that I might watch First Man tomorrow and go, that was the best movie I've seen this year. I hope you do. It's possible. Yeah. I hope yeah. you do. So, I'm going to hold out hope for it. but Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I want you each to tell um, a McConaughey story Kevin, because you go first. then we're gonna. No, 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 Jake. I, I have I've been to move on. you go first? We have to. We got to do. We're gonna do Quran Blend, and we have to start bringing this thing in for a landing. Yes. So each of you tell your McConaughey story. So the each of the guys were able to go yeah. to the White Boy Rick junket, um, and they were able to interview Matthew McConaughey, who can be um, a tough interview sometimes. Sometimes you're getting great things yeah. out of him, not not
1: in a mean way, but he just no. kind of floats yeah. around. And in terms of what you need as a television reporter to be able to give back to your audience. Yeah. He can be a fun guy to hang out with, but fun doesn't translate into good television all the time.
2: Everything that makes
1: him mercurial as a personality yes. goes Doesn't against- goes against what makes <laughs> good television. Exactly. If you know what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, so we got we got 5 minutes with him. I'm going to I'm going to make this quick. Yeah. Um my very first question, the, the whole concept is about this this kid that gets into the world of drug dealing and guns dealing. Right. And I asked the question, do you acquire enough knowledge about these worlds, about this business, so that if you were to leave acting, could you have a successful career in the world of drugs and in the Great world of guns? Question. And McConaughey, in his charming way, looks at the camera and goes, no comment. <laughs> to which I said, okay, well, like, what do you Okay, i mean? What, do you mean what does that, that mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> who's to say I don't already? Which is fun and charming in the moment. In the room, people are laughing. But in my head, I thought, okay, so I just spent 30 seconds asking that question, and I got an 18-second answer. Right. That's not good television. What a waste. So I proceeded to ask the question, well, movie takes place in the 80s. What aspect of the 80s do you wish you could bring back? The director talks about how he, wish, he wishes he could bring back films from the 80s, because a movie like this would have been made in the 80s all the time, White Boy Rick. And now it's getting harder and harder for it to make. McConaughey jumps in and talks about very briefly his career, like career starting out in the 80s. And my a little light bulb went off in my head and I heard his career starting in the 80s, to which I said, "Okay, he's got a famous story about how he was discovered, which is a,
3: What is that story?
1: A casting director for Dazed and Confused for Richard Linklater found him in a bar in Austin, Texas. Mm. And said, "Hey, here we're making a movie called Dazed and Confused. Here and this is his, at his point he's and I, to which so he when he I said, you have such a great story about how you were discovered in the 80s. Right. Could you be discovered the same way today? Could something like mm-hmm. that happen to you? He said, well, yeah, because everyone gets discovered in different ways. Every, every actor who got into this business can be discovered in different ways. Everyone's got an amazing story as to how they were dis- discovered. And he proceeded, the director didn't know the story, so he said he, he was in a bar, and they said, there, I, I, uh, Richard Linklater is casting for a film called Dazed and Confused. Here are three lines that you need to know in the, in the next two weeks. And he said there was one line they told him everything he needed to know about that character. And one line that told him that, that, that almost gave him a book on this character. And he, he practiced this line over and over again for two weeks. And because he was so dedicated when he went there, they ended up giving him more scenes and more lines. And obviously, you know, the, it's, it's a history that's very well known at this point. He became an icon in that movie. And I said, okay, they're giving me the rap at this point. I said, we're 30 years later. What's the line? And he looks at me and goes, that's the thing I love about high school girls. I get older and they stay the same age. And to go in in five minutes, in five minutes to go from this interview is a disaster, I can't use any of it, to I just got an Oscar-winning actor to give me one of his most iconic lines of all time in the way in which he delivered it on camera. Nice, Because most actors, when you do interviews... To my point, I interviewed Steve Carell, and he went off on this whole tangent about how he will never say this. That's what she said ever, ever again. No, he, told, he said he, no! he'll never do it. So to go, from, did you say it to him? So we were killing time before an interview, and <laughs> and we were talking about how this was going to be a serious interview, and my producers wanted a fun interview, and I said, don't worry, I'm not going to try to make you say that's what she said. He goes, I'm going to be honest. He goes, I'm never going to say it again. He goes, people are trying to get me to say it. He goes, he goes, what kind of actor am I after 20 years if I'm still reciting a, a catchline from a sitcom right, after right. 20 years? Uh. So to go from. An actor who refuses to say a line which he made famous to another actor, more so down the line, right. so casually delivering a line that's awesome. That that that's maybe great, not though. as famous as all right, all right, all right, but still pretty famous. That's a pretty right. famous line in "Dazed and Confused." It, it, it I walked out of the interview and went, "I'm good." That's awesome. I'm good.
3: Yeah, it's the Steve Carell thing. It's funny. There was like a there was an office.
1: For the record, it's none of that was on. It, this is a. None of that interviews was was on camera. Right, the whole right. thing with Steve Carell. Steve obviously with, with Matthew McConaughey was on camera, but my whole Steve Carell, you just have to trust me that it happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I trust you. Yeah, I remember mean, it, it was
3: funny. Like uh, uh, Timothy, uh, Timothy Chalamet was sitting with Steve Carell for the it's for so Jake and I all week and have been doing the exact same schedule. So we've been seeing the same movies, same interviews. Not as crazy as a story from so uh, just
1: sleeping in the same twin size bed. Yeah,
3: not the same story as Carell had. But I remember uh, uh, I was talking. So in Beautiful Boy, Timothy Chalamet's character is played by four different actors. Timothy is the older version, and the other three other actors who play him at younger versions. Um, and I had asked. Timothy, and uh, if he was able to meet with all three of them to continue the through line emotionally of who he was playing, and then for Steve Carell, since you're dealing with four people playing the same person, how did you emotionally continue that through line if it's a different actor? Um, and so Timothy said, I, it was really funny, he, I guess he went to a table read, and... Uh, when the 12-year-old version of Timothy's character walked in, which is the kid from It, Jack. Um, yeah, uh,
2: Leighton? Yeah, well, I don't no. remember his
3: last name. He's great. Yeah. He's, he's in It. He,
2: he's in Shazam, too. Yeah,
3: yeah exactly, yeah. So hey. he walked into the room, and the first thing he did, looked over at Steve pro and went,
2: Michael
0: Scott! <laughs> and, and so Timothy, Timothy goes...
3: I had been wanting to say that to his face for so long, so thank God that Jack did it for me. And I was like, that was, it was just a cool moment because I was i was looking at Timothy, and I was like, dude, you're an Oscar-nominated actor. You're in the movie with Steve Carell, yet you still have this, like, awesome fanboy. I mean, that it's, it is weird. Listen, we get to interview these people, but imagine being a fan and then also acting with the person. Right, right, and, right. like, last night
1: when David... He well, told me that if you look at the poster... He said, you know, you look at the poster, and he goes, it looks like I'm just happy to be in a picture with Steve Carell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's true, because the, 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 the poster image is not really an image from the film. It's, right. um, I think they ended up putting it on the book cover, too, right? I think that was the book cover for it. Mm-hmm. So the, um, last night, and, and kind of going back to that uh, surreal element of being a fan of somebody, David Gordon Green grew up as an idolizing John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Do, what, uh, do you guys know the story about how he got this movie? No. I don't, I don't know. If, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, my wife told me this story yesterday. Do you know that J- that Jake Gyllenhaal is Jamie Lee Curtis's godson? Oh yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I know we that.
2: actually have that story on Cinema Blend. So about how what Jay-
1: David- Cinema
3: Blend?
2: It's a it's a website, <laughs> so- <the> entertainment website. <laughs> <laughs> we write about? The movie and television.
3: My years. wife told me this. So apparently, Dave is just getting up and walking. The host podcast. <laughs> so David <laughs> David vocational- Gordon Green directed Stronger. Yes. Apparently, Jake Gyllenhaal. Was the one who relayed the information to Jamie Lee Curtis that David Gordon Green wanted to make a Halloween movie? Correct. And then fast forward to last night, David Gordon
2: Green's on stage, having worked with John Carpenter and made a Halloween film. And not only that, but like Danny McBride going along for the ride. Like when, when would Danny sick. McBride ever believe that he would be involved in a Halloween? Unbelievable. Wait, there's two things I want you to get to really fast because then we have to do Quar- Quar- Quaran Blend,
3: Amy Ryan thing, and the Milo Connie yes. story. Okay, both right.
2: of those ending. So we had to, did two ending blend. Uh, We did an Ending Blunt episode, and Kevin's was amazing. It was the ending of Gone Baby Gone, and we debated it even on the show. What would you do? Would you give the girl back to her mother, or would you keep her with Morgan Freeman's character, which is a healthier relationship? Kevin thought enough to, when he sat down with Amy Ryan for Beautiful Boy to ask her what her take on it is.
1: Yeah, four I said, What did I say as soon as you got out of that room? You had to talk about that on the podcast.
3: Yeah, you did. And you have four minutes with these people. Four, I mean, that room might have been three and a half. It was like everything was super short. Um, so what I always do, if I, if I want to ask something specific about an older movie, I'll jump out the gate with two questions about this movie I'm sure. talking about. Yeah, right. um, so I had already kind of like gone down the Beautiful Boy route. Um, she told me some great stories because throughout the film, Amy Ryan and Steve Carell – who I didn't watch The Office. Jake did. Um, so, uh, the, obviously, they were married. Oh, well, they're a couple. On The Office, yeah. yeah so That's great. Anyways, so, but in,
1: She's the reason he leaves.
3: Yeah, but in the movie, um, they're on the phone a lot. And they really did every one of those scenes on the phone. So when you see a Beautiful Boy... They are actually on the phone with each other to a point where at one point they were in the same room and Carell was hiding behind a couch, feeding his lines to Amy Ryan to make it as realistic as whatever. So hilarious. then I go, all right, listen, I didn't get a chance to interview you for Gone Baby Gone, but I just seen Michelle Monahan a couple weeks ago for Mission Impossible Fallout. What is our life? Me just saying. <laughs> hold on. Can you go, a hold a on a second. Can I? Can I? So truly. Can so we stop for Dude. a
1: second? Got,
2: this whole podcast has just been. Every moment, of this
3: podcast has yes. been like dropped. What well, people don't
1: know is that we are making up all yeah, of every it. bit of it.
3: The well, entire podcast <laughs> is a lie. Everything is a lie. <laughs> that
1: comes from a picture that I posted with Lady Gaga yesterday, where I got about a thousand people yeah. tweeting me saying mean things that I fabricated. The picture, right. Lady Gaga yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't fabricate a picture with yeah.
3: her. But yeah. Jake and I were at a cocktail her. reception I I with with, with, Kate, with John Lady Gaga. Hugged her. Yeah, yeah. actually, you know what? Gonna... Amy, no, go back to Amy
2: Ryan. Yeah, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Let me <laughs> let me put this
3: out to our listeners. we okay. we like engagement with our listeners. We do. Yes. If a listener will do this, <laughs> what is our prize? Okay. They have to listen to this entire episode. Yes. Count. The exact number of name drops that we've done. <laughs> <laughs> so it's double digits. Right. It's, it
1: might be and triple digits. And that counts me crazy. talking about myself because I think I am a name. <laughs>
3: You're right. And man, I'm dropping sure. my own name and I refer to myself. Let me make the rules here. Holy God, that's a lot. You have to count the number of name drops <laughs> you've given. Now, yes. if the person's name is dropped multiple times, that's okay. just one. Okay. So oh, the God. the dropping of the name is the is the celebrity's name we've dropped. How many they've been dropping this episode? Hold on. I'm gonna give you
2: three because I haven't mentioned yet that I interviewed John C. Oh, Riley. We haven't even got no. We haven't Jake done. Gyllenhaal yeah. and Riz Ahmed. No, no, we're, no. This goes to the end of the episode. What will we give
3: our listener? I don't know. That also means they gave us to the count them all to get the right number. Yeah. <laughs> don't promise a cake. I've done that already. All right. We'll play with that later. Anyway, so Amy Ryan, um, I'm, I'm transitioning through the through the um Interview I, just, I mean, really, her answer was what I—I I don't know. Actually, I didn't know what, what to expect from her. I said, "What would you have done at the end of Gone Baby Gone?" And she said, "You can't kidnap someone's kid." Right. And we all <laughs> know. We all hold on. We all know the reality of Gone Baby Gone's ending. This mother was a horrible person. Her daughter was in extreme danger. Morgan Freeman's character kidnapped her put her in a better place, gave her a better life. Yes. Casey Affleck calls it in. The kid goes back to Amy Ryan's house. Amy Ryan is then sitting there, and you see Casey Affleck going, noticeably going, this was a bad decision. So I asked Amy Ryan what she would have done in real life, and her answer was basically, I understand it, but you cannot kidnap and let a mother know the daughter's, the, the, yeah. daughter's dead. Oh, okay. I see you reacting. Go ahead. Yes. That's her
1: opinion. That her, okay. her, opinion. That is her opinion. She played the character. That is her opinion. She's in the movie. So it is the argument that she can't do it because okay one might make the oh, argument that the illegal. child protective services that's what they do if 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 a child is in and in, is in a household in which it could be potentially dangerous like this kid wasn't gone baby gone with Amy Ryan's mother that they remove the child from that but household. but the mother
3: knows the child's removed this mother thought her child was dead right. and
1: she. Didn't she go on to not care? But it
3: doesn't matter. Ugh. Listen, listen, we can all... Say, that's why that ending is the best ending of all time. You know, time. here's what, I, here's
2: what I'll tell you. I like you. her take. I, want, I, lie, I wanted to hear her take. Your
1: pick I thought a lot about after that episode because because I felt like Sean and I have very traditional... Mm. Not traditional, but, like, expected yeah, yeah. picks. Sure. And Kevin's pick took me off guard because I went, like, initially, like, really? Like, that's like that's like that's the pick? Yeah. But it's the one that after that episode... I've thought about the most. Right. And
2: one of our listeners I know said on Twitter that they had not seen Gone Baby Gone right. and watched it
1: as a result right. of our discussion of yeah. it and is like right. totally it's perplexed about which because, way like, they would Because my go. pick was seven. And it, seven boils down to, and I still stand by my pick, but seven boils down to would you or would you not allow the, the bad guy to win? It's the same win? question. Right. Right. It's the same question. But it's different, though.
3: No, it's the same right? question. It's a moral question because the whole concept was.
1: Yours, I would argue, is harder.
3: No, because if... Oh yeah.
1: oh, yeah. Tell
3: your McConaughey story. McConaughey real Before fast. we move on to Quorum. I already knew the answer to this um, from things I had read, but I wanted to hear it from McConaughey directly. Um, I think the greatest scene to come out maybe in the last 10 years, one of the greatest scenes to come out in the last 10 years, is the interstellar scene when they get back from Miller's planet, um, the water planet, where, was it every hour how much time like seven years oh goes man, by I don't I don't so
2: know or care when
3: they <laughs> okay, that's fine
2: <laughs>
3: whatever <laughs> Sean
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey <laughs> that,
3: that being movie. said tell your story that's actually that's actually a really evil laugh <laughs> or like, care he's like a, he's <laughs> like a <laughs> uh, maniacal like I boss or something
2: that was the funniest <laughs> that was horrible that was so mean <laughs> so what did you ask him you might as well unplug your microphone <laughs> You do realize
3: that there so are your story a lot are of listeners who like that movie. Yes,
2: a lot of yeah. them. I hear from them on Twitter all the it's time. It's my favorite. They inter- think Die Hard with a Vengeance no is great, and they <laughs>
1: love
3: Interstellar. There are people I on my side I hear from them the all.
2: Yes, a lot of people.
1: It's all Kevin's mom. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> it's all Kevin's
3: mom. John from California. What did you ask him? Uh, no, I mean, I, so he was, walk- he, he was taking breaks. So people don't know this. Jake and I were at the White Boy Wreck Junket for three
2: hours, Jake?
3: Longer, three rooms. It should have taken whatever, but
1: should have taken half an they hour. They were
3: scheduling things. We probably saw McConaughey leave the room three or four times because they had to switch out chairs. He had to go to the bathroom, whatever. Sure. So, um, at one point he's walking back to the room, and I, I just like I'm just gonna, I want to talk to him about the scene real quick. So I pull him sides and like, Mr. McConaughey, can I ask you a quick question? Jake is sitting right by me. This counts as one name drop, by the way. Um, Jake, sitting right behind me, and I said, I said, the scene in Interstellar, it's true that you um, never watched the footage until you did the take, right? Like, so the story there is that no, for people who haven't seen it, when he gets back from Miller's Planet, I think 23 years has passed. His kids have grown up. Th- as a parent, Regardless of you hating the movie, just think about that yes, scene. Yes, we've discussed
2: okay. this. Yes, it would be emotional.
3: It's a horrifying thing. So he watches 23 years of video footage of his kids going up, going to prom, you know, their first date. I mean, it's brutal. It's like, so McConaughey said to me, and Jake, uh, Jake was there so you can clarify if I missed anything point-wise. He wrote a note to Nolan the day he arrived that said, see you, which means close up. So he envisioned how he wanted the shot to be, apparently. I guess, that, Jake, did you get that impression that yeah. McConaughey chose that?
1: Like, it, I, I got the impression that he walked in, had done a ton of preparation, didn't want to mess with anyone, and said, essentially, let's do this. You're right.
3: So then apparently the production team said, hey, can we at least just show you the footage okay, so you can mentally prepare for what you're about to watch? He goes, no, 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 no. I want to watch it for the first time. Camera turns on. Boom. McConaughey's watching it. Said it, he said that was the I believe that was the only take right Jake or did you get that, or that?
1: Uh, I didn't get I didn't, that but but, but 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 I may have missed something
3: Well regardless of it being the only take or not it's the take in the movie Okay so the first time and this is this is known but to hear it from his to hear from him and tell me the story um, just and to clarify it was cool um, But was he happy to talk about it Yeah he, I mean again it was one of those quick things where sure. it was like he was on the way back to the room but the fact that he took thirty seconds or so yeah. to stop. And give me that was yeah. cool. He could have been like
1: not not just took thirty seconds, but like took thirty seconds amongst people telling him, "Hey, come on, we got to go." Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. And, and he
3: chose to wait. Right. He could have been like, "Man, I, I really got to get back in the room. I yeah. have to get my." You know, I think his wife was with him or whatever. Uh, or he maybe was, was, like, uh, yeah. But
2: I, said, I really don't like that movie. I yeah, he was great. I don't want to talk about. But uh, anyway,
3: anyways, so he was really cool. About
1: it. So <laughs> so if you've seen, inter- feel inter- better. I didn't like light, <laughs> White Boy Rick. So
3: if you've seen Interstellar, <laughs> um, I didn't know that he gave a note to Nolan said "see you," which he's close up, which is cool.
2: Yeah. This week's blend game for. Everybody who made it through our Toronto talk is Quaran Blend. And again, to bring it full circle, it's because when we first got together to discuss film, it was for Alfonso's film Gravity, which we saw in the IMAX screen here at the Scotiabank. And this is so much fun, by the blew way. blew us away. I can't believe the three this of us <laughs> of so
1: Dude, this, this is my favorite episode of
3: Real
2: Blonde so far. This <laughs> is such a
1: good episode. And
2: I've been told that... Four hours that, uh, ago,
1: Gabe thought the same thing.
2: <laughs> I've been told that... James, Gabe is uh, now no, wait, shirtless. Kevin gets to go first. <laughs> I'm his, worried about what's below the fray. This <laughs> <laughs> blend <Pornblen laughs> pick. Kevin, you get to go first. What did you choose? Actually, I know we don't guess anymore yes. because Chase tells us that we can't
3: guess. <laughs> oh yeah, Mom, I- my buddy Chase, Chase Cusack. <laughs> yes. By the way, shout out to Chase. Yes. Who is a big firm believer in bathroom blend? There you go. He texts me every week with a with an <laughs> Dan, image of Jeff Daniels. Them down, them down. With Jeff Daniels. Uh, of I Chase. Know that thank we, you. We can't
2: guess, um, but I know that Kevin is going to pick Children of Men. And he's going to mention the ping-pong ball scene, which is every time that he interviews anyone from that movie, <laughs> every time. he asks him about the ping-pong
1: ball Anytime scene, he ever interviews anyone, <laughs> yes. he always goes, you ever I asked the ping-pong scene?
2: <laughs> Matthew, tell me about that scene. Julianne Moore
1: <laughs> saying, One take. One <laughs> take.
3: Go that, ahead. What's your So pick? Jake, Jake just did this great visual. Uh, Jake and I sit outside junket rooms and come up with the most ridiculous questions that you would never ask an actor. So, so what we do is we, like... I, Jake, I'm trying... Oh, oh, oh. Since we, we, we both didn't really love uh, White Boy Rick, yeah. so I said, Jake, what if we sat down and, and, and Matthew McConaughey's like, what did you think of the movie? We were like... It's all
1: right, all right, all right.
3: <laughs> all right. And then you go. I needed a
1: boy, a better white boy script.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we we sit we sit we sit there. And we, we're here all week, folks. <laughs> yeah. White boy script was a uh, that was a good. Yeah. We were, we were having fun with that. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Oh man, where was it? What'd you that? pick? Tip oh I mean, I blend. Blend. Yeah, 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 Jesus,
2: Coronblen, come on! It's your come favorite Alfonso Coron movie? Which, and I gotta say, when Kevin and I were at the Critics' Choice Awards the year The Gravity was there, we stalked this poor man, and all these <laughs> celebrities were getting their photos taken, and Alfonso was being ignored by everybody except for by Kevin and I, who we went up and asked him for questions because he's a genius.
3: Yeah, Children of Men is my answer easily. Nice. Um, I think. Uh, that film, we, he's pushed so many great boundaries. I can't wait to see Roma. I'm so excited about it because it seems like a uh, – it's, it's, it's a love letter to his home, right? Yes, his
2: childhood. His family, yeah.
3: Children yeah, um, of Men home. is a film that, in my opinion, reaches a balance where it's technically and emotionally brilliant. So you can have a movie that has great, flashy, long camera takes that are great to look at but then the story, emotion, characters don't even up to what those moments are. Right, Um, Children of Men has, in my opinion, top five greatest shots in the history of movies. The sequence, I think a lot of people actually bring up the moment where he's walking out. um, With the lady? Yeah. I always go to the ping pong sequence, the motorcycle shot. uh, As the motorcycle comes down the wooded area, Guy comes by the ping pong, by the way, was fully CGI, yeah, which is insane. Now, if you do yourself a favor, if you're into filmmaking, if you're really into like the tech stuff, YouTube the camera rig they used for that scene because the actors genuinely had to duck out of the way as it spun around them as they were moving. so if, an act, if the camera was on Julianne Moore. And it was getting ready to go over to the next person. Someone would have to duck out of the way <laughs> while insane. performing. Um, but what a film in general. Clive Owen, what a great story. The whole basic concept of the movie, it's been a while since I've seen it. because I've, I, You know what I do is I just go back and watch those scenes over and over. But the basic premise is that no, ba- no baby has been born in was it 18 how many it's a certain it. number of years and a woman is pregnant yes. and they want to protect her because they want they you know they want the baby to be born uh it's, it's a, a great premise. it's a, an amazing premise um a, a, amazingly simple
2: yeah. premise but yeah. smart but good sci-fi yeah. is right yeah. very true yeah, very true. yeah. Right? often
3: he you know was great that movie's michael cain
1: my cocaine. My cocaine. My cocaine.
3: But to keep it short, <laughs> yeah. Kind of dream. I just find the I film meet you to in be. A cafe. <laughs> I just find the film to be cinematically perfect. And that's because. It's great. Just even the flashy shots, they make. The flashy shots are made great because of the performing in the shot. So it's not just the camera. Um. So that's my favorite. Gravity was right there. It's awesome. It was. Gravity's right there. And it truly is a phenomenal achievement in cinema as well. I do find more emotionally connected to Children of Men, um, every shot. And Emmanuel Lubezki, Chivo, the guy is so poetic with his camera work um, to a point where I just, I feel like he's just speaking to me. Right.
1: Chivo is, like,
3: that's why speaking
1: I was... Speaking of stalking people.
3: Yeah, oh, you remember yeah, that? Kevin and I stalked That's Chivo
1: at uh, the Revenant And Yoritu. Oh, yeah. And Iñárritu. We And his daughter said, for the love of God, talk to these Iñárritu. two Iñárritu's guys. Yoritu's daughter helped us Iñárritu's out. Yoritu's <laughs> daughter said, for the love of God, just talk to these guys. Jake That's and
3: awesome. I were dead tired. <laughs> right. I had to get up at 3 a.m. We had already seen the film in the field. Right, we flew in. Yeah, I think we did the yeah. I've we seen it in Chicago. Junket was the next day. but we, we were not getting in or Chivo. Okay. Chivo. Um, and and by the way, I'm not confusing because like you know like so These name drops count by the, the way. Yeah, they do. Um, so uh, mine specifically. Yeah. So in your with
1: Jake Hamilton. Iñuritu's he was with two time Best Hair
3: Award winner Jake Hamilton.
2: Chivo and the dog. Let me tell you
3: how <laughs> three names. how nerdy Jake and I are. Leonardo DiCaprio was at this party. Right. Couldn't have cared less. Couldn't have cared less. Right. We we were literally stalking Chivo <laughs> and Inuritu. We may have pushed aside Tom Hardy to get to Chivo. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Move aside Mad Max. Yeah, DiCaprio
3: is sitting like 50 feet away from us, and we're just desperately trying to get a photo with Inuritu. That was the whole purpose of us going to this party. Right, 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 right. And thank God, to Inuritu's daughter uh, like took us uh, went to her father and said, "Please take a picture with these guys." Chivo. I think I got Chivo's email address.
1: Nice. It was, like, crazy. But anyway, so Chivo... you got to stop sending him those nudes. I know. <laughs> he did it. He actually responded to me. He, no, to your not nudes? Not to the nudes.
3: No, no, no. no. The lighting composition so, was actually yeah. clarified before <laughs> to, you responded to, to, to that. Talking about, uh, to talking about discussions. Oh, God. This, this, <laughs> this is going off the rail. For the and record... We haven't even got to our picture. For the record, no nudes have ever been sent to Chivo. Uh, <laughs> okay, what about off the record? Uh, <laughs> The fact that I even had to make that statement is crazy. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's what
1: we ISO out
3: of <laughs> Uh But yeah, that's my pick. Uh, what Chivo did with Koran in that movie is... It's a movie where the camera is a leading character just as much as the actors, and it works. It's perfect.
2: All right, got to go next. <clears throat> Excuse me. What happened to me here? And uh, I'm going to tell an emotional story that might sound sad, but it's not going to be sad. Um, my pick is The Prisoner of Azkaban. And
3: Whoa! Yes, I
1: was not expecting Which that. Which
3: is the best Harry Potter film by far? Absolutely. Yes, uh, by great, far. Great pick. Not even way. close.
2: And uh, I read the great books, pick. and I was enjoying the movies for what they were. And then Cuaron came around and showed everybody what those movies should be. Right? Damn, that's a good pick. He elevated the material. Um, he took this. Uh, Not kid lit, although the movies were getting the books were getting more mature by the third movie, also. So it it was a natural step for them to go in that direction. Huge jump, though. Huge jump. Yeah, absolutely. From Chris Columbus to what Corran does in that movie. Um, And when I read through those books, there was a moment in the books that stood out to me, but I didn't really see it um, this way until he visualized it. And so, so my my dad passed away twenty years ago. Like, a long time ago. He was in his early 60s. I was in my early 20s. And to me, he was old um, at the time. But I had no clue, like, how much life I still wouldn't have him for kind of thing. Um, And now, now that I'm in mid, like, I'm 44, I realize, like, that's 20-something years of my life that I did not have him for and all these things that he missed. And there's this moment in Azkaban where Harry um, has to summon his Patronus and he is convinced 100% that his father's alive right and my dad's going to come out and rescue me and he's going to summon the patronus and he's the only one who's strong enough to actually do this and he's and they use the time stone and they go back and he's watching these his own self get atta- attacked by the dementors and he's like standing there waiting like dad's going to come save me dad's going to come save me and then he goes oh man Dad's not going to come save me. I'm the one who has to go do this myself, right? And he's the one who's strong enough to to conjure the Patronus and and get the Dementors away from himself. And it's a weird time mixed thing. But when I watched the way Quran set it up, it just hammered home like this whole feeling of like, oh my God, I have to be strong enough now, like right? I have to be the one. Wow. Because you're just sitting there with, and it was a, it was something that I had in the back of my mind that I never saw realized of just like. I never I never thought like, oh, dad's going to come back kind of thing. But it was just like, oh, now it's time to sort of move on. Right. It's time to step up and be your own person. And that's what Koran showed me in that movie. And it just laid me totally bare. And, and it's full
3: circle speaks to what we talked about at the start of the podcast.
2: Yeah. What a movie does to you personally, how it react, how you react to it. And no one else watching that scene will have Maybe that have that feel yeah, to exactly. it. No one else will. They probably shouldn't. Maybe they
1: will, right? But to me, with when Harry was sitting there, what a great story! What a great testament to the freaking power of film and why we do this podcast in the first place. And this goes to that review
3: we got with the guy talking because I don't have that perspective. I'm not a dad. Sure, neither does Jake. So it's just the uh, the idea that,
2: yeah, damn. Harry keeps saying to Hermione, "He's like my dad's going to come." Because at that point, Sirius Black, who he believed was dead returns. Right? right. So he's like, maybe my dad's still alive. He hadn't yet given up. And he's like, my, my dad's going to come. He's the only one who can do this. And then I don't know. And Radcliffe sells it. You know, he's like, oh, God, no one's going to come. You know, it's it has to be me. And then he kind of realizes how strong he is. And I can tell you, like, there's just moments um, over the course of the past 20 years where I have said, like, oh, God, I can't turn to someone it's got to be me right and uh and that moment is sold
1: i imagine you often think that at the beginning of every episode of real blend I do. Like, <laughs> no I one's
2: gonna help me here it, it's gotta be
1: me Gabe thinks that so. at the beginning of every episode
2: <laughs> so for Azkaban it's the best Harry Potter it's it's so beautifully crafted Quran is a genius in it but that moment to me is something that's always gonna be deeply personal to me so if we're talking favorite yeah. over best right where would you go with best for him Probably Children of Men. Interesting. Probably Children of Men. Technically. I think I would go
3: favorite and best Children of Men. Yeah. Um... Yeah. So, and but, I love
2: Gravity. I love Gravity my, for everything that it is. My
3: wife is walking in right now, and uh, bef- well, after Jake gives his pick, I do want her to real quick tell us what Star Is Born was like okay. for her. But Jake, uh, yeah. so uh, we're doing. Favorite. Favorite.
2: Uh, yeah. And, and, well, this Wait, is do you have big... anything else you want to say about Karuna No, Blitz? I'm done. That's it. Thank,
3: Thank you for that story, right? Yeah, that was, that a, was a great story. I had I don't want know, it to be I, sad. It's not a sad story. No, no, no. I didn't know where you're going. Not a sad story. But I have to give you Just props because Askebin. It's funny. Harry, a great pick. Harry Potter is in... That's
1: the best Harry Potter,
3: hands down. I. Uh, I've been on record. I do not like the ending of the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, I thought it was uh, underwhelming, but uh, I like. I like. But Azkaban is truly a standout movie in that int- it, it is so far beyond every film in that franchise yep. that it it's it just it sticks out. Yep. All right, Jake. Uh, wait. So can we guess, Jake's?
1: Okay. This is this is a big thing where we switched from best to favorite. Favorite, Yes. And it changed what I would have picked.
3: Okay. So uh, so uh, all right, give us what your best would have been.
1: Children of Men. Okay, so you pick gravity. I pick gravity.
3: Nice. Yeah, I, I love when right. we all pick different ones. Yeah. That That's makes a, me so happy. Hey, listen, gravity was gravity. I was point .1% away from choosing that. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, here's the deal. Is it? we like, so close. I'm, yeah. I yeah. mean,
1: it's. I mean, at, at, I'm sure I'll wake up at four a.m. and go like, Oh, My God, what have I done? <laughs> Why didn't I pick Children of Men? But I mean, there are we we see literally what hundred maybe yeah. hundred fifty movies a year. Yeah, give or take multiply that over the course of for me 30 years for for Kevin 35 for Sean yep. what what 78, oh, yeah. 78 79, 79 years Roughly. <laughs> um I kid I kid <laughs> I kid I kid um I don't want that there e, are that, that e There warning. are a handful of movie going experiences that I remember yeah um if you asked me where were you when when did you see this movie I I could probably think back to what junket I was doing or what hotel I was staying at or what theater I was with but if you were to talk about the most memorable movie going experiences of my life, mm. I'll never forget Toronto 2013. Yep. Shangri-La the Theater. Shangri-La Theater, small little what, maybe 15 seat theater, seeing Gravity and the silence of getting up and all of all of us and getting in the elevator and just being quiet and then going back and no, like not to like make this too sentimental of an ending on this episode. The three of us sitting in a hotel room in Toronto, much like we're doing right now, <laughs> it is and crazy. talking about what we just saw. That
3: was five years And ago. to have a yeah.
1: piece of, of work, yeah. a piece of art, physically affect my body, yep. yeah. physically affect my heart rate, physically make my palms sweat, physically make me... Knees weak, arms ready? Tap yeah. spaghetti. My, 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 my leg. <laughs> yeah. how, is, how can that not be my favorite? To have a piece of oh, yeah. work physically make me uncomfortable make me breathe heavier i mean to create a piece of work that makes me for what what is that like a 90 minute movie yeah compact make me so compact uncomfortable in the best way possible to make me do it. it, was like a roller coaster. Where you, do, where you, you're screaming at the top of your lungs for 90 minutes, and when it's done, you go, "Let's do it again."
2: Yeah, right. Exactly.
3: I mean, how, I'm how,
1: like how, how can I pick any movie different than that? Yeah. What's
3: cool about I, one of the things that I love about that 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 pick for Jake and the cool thing about that is that there was a continuation of that story when Jake and I went to the junket, and Jake and I have had this argument a lot over the years. I'm very, very big on asking technical stuff. I love the filmmaking element behind the scenes. Jake is more um, not wanting to know the mystery of it, just kind of allowing it to take place. And I remember walking into the Alfonso Cuaron interview. Uh, I, can I double name drop him? Because it's multiple times. Sure, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Counts as one. Yeah, yeah. But um, Jake and I, I think both, no, no, Jake did this. I, Jake walked into his interview with Alfonso Cuaron because I had just done it before him or after him, and I was full on technical. Had to do the single take shots. Tell me how you did it, everything. And then Jake tell the audience what you asked. Yeah,
1: essentially I just went and I said, you know, you just met, you know, one of my best friends, Kevin, and I'm pretty sure your interview is very technically based and I have to be completely honest with you. Could not care less <laughs> about what you did to make this movie. I do not want to know. Right. That being said. Well, you said, care about what he did, but you not, just don't, yeah, I don't, I don't I know yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just don't want to know. Sure. Because I don't like in the same way that when I go to a magic show. Sure. I don't want David Copperfield to do a, a magic trick. See, I, now, sure. here's how I did it. To, sure. me, it, to me, it enhances yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I understand know. where you're coming from. And that's I right. asked him, I said, from the perspective of a director, who's right?
2: Oh, nice. Great question. Yeah.
1: And uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave a very diplomatic answer, which right. is like, he, took I, close I, he said, the first time you see it, I don't want you to, I want you to appreciate it. When it comes out, that's why I give you the special features. That's why he goes, yeah. and then you make the choice. But I'd argue that he his he wants everyone's initial movie going experience to be without knowing.
3: See, I find that so interesting because I find with my audience at, in DC that I get a lot of reactions from people who go to a movie after I've seen they've seen the interview that I've done and it enhances the experience they had if they knew I how a so. shot was done. For sure. Um specifically like something like Star is Born, for example. Um Tomorrow when we do the interviews, I, I really want to engage with Bradley Cooper about the filming at the concerts. Um, and I'm super fascinated by the fact that Cooper went to real concerts with real people who were attending real concerts yeah. and had them pretend like they were watching a real show. Which is insane to me. So now that's technical, but I think that a viewer, as they experience the movie, in my opinion, that enhances that moment because it's kind of cool that there's a real – audience there for another band. Yeah. And they made it. Anyways, but to to Jake's point though, I get it. And Spielberg is actually famous for not wanting to spoil those things. Sure, right. But to give Spielberg credit, and I've I've always appreciated him for this. Many things.
2: But it's nice of you to do that.
3: Yeah. Uh, name drop number, whatever that is. Oh, oh man. That, that might be my favorite one. I've always appreciated Spielberg for doing this for me. No, no, go ahead, you. go ahead. You've appreciated your friend Steve. SS.
2: Yeah, oh, I will not get over that. Full oh, no. circle. you on the podcast? Well, I don't think so. No, no Jake beforehand. actually
3: said Steve, Steve Carell was... Just Steve. And yeah. there, there wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. I wasn't tell why. No, 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 Steve it wasn't, it wasn't a joke. Oh, it was, it was so just painful. Steve. It was so painful. It made me
1: it was, it wasn't, so yeah. hard. He <laughs> told me to call him Steve. <laughs> I went in and I introduced moment, myself. I said, "Never do it again. I said, Mr. Carell, I said, call me Steve. Oh, for the
3: record, God. and this is the most uncomfortable ever, and Jake had this exact same experience I did. <laughs> I was at TIFF years ago, and I was only doing roundtable interviews. No TV at was the time. Was it for the
1: Woody Allen movie? Yes, because that was that was also I went to the
3: Woody that Allen was also press the first conference time I got and it. years ago did you have to do roundtables? This was probably 2000. I don't remember whatever year that come on, was. Come
2: over here, we want you to talk about yeah, *Star well, Born*.
3: Yeah. So uh, real quick, real quick. So I wa- I go to the press conference just so I can see Woody Allen in person. At this right. time, none of this stuff had come out about him. Right. So you know, I'm just kind of like, it's a I'm a Woody Allen fan at that point. Um, and one of my favorite movies ever made is *Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Sex But We're Afraid to Ask* yeah. and why. Uh, anyway, so I get to the press conference. I think it was that same press conference. Tony Anthony Tony. Anthony Hopkins. Um, this, <laughs> this, this plays into the joke. Yeah. Um, Anthony Hopkins comes around and I and I I walk up, I'm like, Mr. Hopkins, oh my god, it's so nice to meet you. By the way, I love Fracture. I think I had just seen Fracture. And he's like, he's like, you do look you look like a young Ryan Gosling. Like, or something like that. I was like, oh my, I was like, thank you. I was like, I'm like, am and I look nothing like him whatsoever. Um, and I was like, I was like, Can I get a picture with you, Mr. Hopkins? He goes, Yes, but you you need to call me Tony. I said, I, don't, I didn't say this, but I was like, "That's not going to happen." I am not calling you Tony. <laughs> right, right. You're Sir Anthony Hopkins. So I, I'll never forget that. I was like, "It's," but it is weird. And 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 and. Amazing. So back to my point, real quick about Steven Spielberg. Um, I just think that Spielberg, when I walk into a room to interview him, he knows that that I'm just genuinely excited to talk to him. Sure. So he somehow allows me to ask it. And like one of my favorite moments ever was I was I was. I was I guess this is a super name drop. This might be like the most extreme name. I was at the White House. Please, my my buddy. All right, all right, you ready?
2: My lord, I quit. <laughs> all right, I will say whoever quit. counts uh, all of these okay. I quit uh, the, uh, I quit oh, I the podcast.
3: My buddy Barack was um, <laughs> who I actually <laughs> who I actually have met. Uh, I have <laughs> so. All right, so uh, the, I want to <laughs> hear. <cram.
1: laughs> I don't want to hear crap about it, Steve ever again.
3: Uh,
2: fair enough. Steve is allowed now,
3: but but no. Jake said it legitimately. He then, did, he, then he tried he tried to did. back it up with the he story? Really yes. um, so uh, I don't want to back up anything. <laughs> all right. I am a member of the Real Blend Podcast and
1: two-time Best Hair Award winner. Yeah, I don't true. have to back up crap. That's all true. right.
3: That's uh, so so uh, so I mean I'm in the East Room of the White House, and and President Obama is giving out the Presidential Medal of Freedom. To Spielberg, Stry- Barbara Streisand—it was crazy, Barb—I call her. Um, so, uh, so, this Sp- so much.
2: Spielberg, <laughs> Even I hate us now. Spielberg's not doing any.
3: Spielberg's not doing any press uh, interview-wise, and so I jump across to the photo call line. I don't know how I didn't get tackled by sec- uh, Secret Service. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in the freaking East Room of the White House. Barack Obama and his wife Michelle Obama or first lady had already left Um, so I don't think it was as extreme so I I, he walks by and I yell out I love Kaminsky cinematography he lights up turns out comes back to me Um, and this to me would have in my mind looking back on it now is probably the worst moment to ask him about (laughs) how he shot a movie 30 years ago he doesn't care so I was like I don't care so so I'm in the middle of, i I, 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 I I'm respectful. I'm like, tell me what it was like to you know have your buddy Barack put that, you know or President Obama put that um, medal around your neck, and what does it mean to be here? Great answers. And I said, real right quick before you go, can I geek out about one thing? He's like, sure, sure. And I was like, how'd you shoot the uh, moon scene in E.T.? Yeah. He goes, What's, I was like, was it, was it CGI? He
0: goes,
3: he goes, and all he had to have done, there you go, John Williams. He started... John Williams actually popped out and started You know, a good performing. friend of mine, John. I don't know if you've yeah, heard yeah, yeah, a good yeah, friend yeah. Of mine. You met John hey, Williams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or,
1: or yeah. as he prefers to we call it, J. Will. J. Will. Finish
2: <laughs> <Hey, here's laughs> the story. we got to get Lauren on fast.
3: Um, all we had to do was go, you know, this is not the right place to do that. I'm, I'm going I'm to go. Right. Because so here's what we did. We actually took out a camera with a thousand millimeter lens and we went out and we shot the moon. And the moon you're seeing in the movie is real moon photography. Wow. And then ILM put the bike and amazing a phenomenal answer and then shook my hand then rolled out didn't need to do that right but going back to the where that came from originally he's also a believer in not knowing that kind of stuff but he's cool enough to do it yeah so thank you to my buddy Did you have Steve. more to say about gravity probably
2: <laughs> <laughs> lauren saw a star is born and is fresh off of it we really want a quick reaction from her her her,
3: her initial take, take Jakey's
2: mic? Yes, take her, Jakey's mic. This is my wife. Yes. Her DC initial Film girl at DC Film Girl. Really? Yay. Her,
3: her initial text to me after the movie was dead.
4: <laughs> That's because it was like no. so emotional. No, no, no I know you I know. I don't I mean like so I recently watched for the first time ever the Judy Garland version, the Barbra Streisand versions um and this one though like it feels like there's not any other Star Born films that have been made before
2: wow like, wipes them off the slate
4: yeah I mean like not not that just like it just brings something so new like obviously like the Judy version is like one of the best films like of that time ever made I think but like after having recently seen it and evaluating it and everything but just after this like what Bradley has done here like completely transformative role like I've seen every movie Bradley's been in including Midnight Meet Train and this is like his but, like, best performance ever Maybe. Who's, yeah, Brad- who's
3: Bradley? It's another name drop. Yeah, it's another name drop. Uh, yeah.
4: Counts. It's it counts. are to triple digits now? At least now. I'm not saying Stephanie. I'm saying to say Golly. golly. <laughs> imagine tomorrow, I'm
3: like, hey Stephanie,
2: she wants to be called that now. But but
4: that's what like, she's going but, it's, yeah, interesting, one of my but it's interesting because in the yeah. Q and A's, like the cast is calling her Stephanie, but like the moderator and like fans at the press conference were all yeah. saying Gaga. Right, so, right. so like, I think that's
3: one of my question tomorrow. I think she'll have an answer. I think that'll be a good question yeah.
4: because like everybody at the press conference today, like every cast member was referring to her. Yeah, as I want to ask her tomorrow
3: why she was billed as Lady Gaga. Not Stephanie. What's your but, favorite moment yeah.
4: of the movie? Yeah. So if it's, yeah, I mean, I really loved the ending, and I, I like Bradley does something different in like the ending than previous than ones. like what of the like some of the other like previous ones right. that I really appreciated. What was, and just like there's like so much passion between the two of them did you that. Cry? I I like cried a little bit, but I didn't sob like you did.
2: Oh, I, I was I, <laughs> He's very
4: emotional.
0: That's what you want to hear from your wife? <laughs> well, hold
3: on, hold on. Well, here is what I find fascinating: <laughs> these three guys right here, yeah, lost it. I got choked you up. Did, did you no, yeah. Jake. You said you lost
1: it. No, oh, I lost it, but like an internal uh, needed to get up and get a. I lost it, but in an internal needed to get up and escape. Am that's the all, only that's one I was like, found was interesting. Am i the only one who cried. cried? I found it interesting yes. in the sense that oh, that okay. your reaction was to stay there, and my reaction was to flee. I
2: couldn't move. You, Sean, couldn't move. I couldn't move. I did sit there for a long time Sean. after the ending of it. <laughs> I, uh, it takes me longer to get up.
4: No, I absolutely loved it. It was like it's the tenth film I've seen so far here at. At TIFF specifically, and it's my favorite awesome. that I've seen so far. So I loved it. Thanks True. for having me on.
2: Of course. All right, thanks. we are hey, at thanks. the <laughs> two-hour mark. So thank you so much. And it went by so fast. For staying actually with us, I didn't know we were going to be able to make two hours. We did two hours pretty easily, and we cut some topics. So you know, thanks
3: to our buddy Steve.
2: This has been episode number thirty-seven <laughs> of Real Blend, the live one. Well, no, not live, but the one that we recorded all together. For the first time, um, we hope to do some more of these eventually in some other places. Uh, Gabe is saying to look at my phone. So Maybe, I Oh, will, does he
3: want to give the uh, will, other... Oh, cor- I
2: didn't talk about what next week's blend game is. Oh, That's uh, right.
3: And oh uh, Gabe, what was uh, what was the main consensus on Quran blend?
2: Hold on, I have that somewhere. Yes. Well I,
3: I can see consensus Gabe here. Thumbs, thumbs up, was it children of men? Was that the main was that the number one or was it gravity?
2: Uh, as you could guess, pretty much his whole filmography was in play here. Matt... Pazantano says Itumama Tambien.
0: Ooh. Ted Meyer
2: had Children of Men. Michael Caymans says Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Was such a great choice. And at Cuz729 says Gravity. So pretty much all of his films got
1: mentioned. Wide blend.
2: And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And this was suggested <clears throat> following the passing of the legend. Ooh. We will do hashtag Reynolds blend. Love it. Next okay. year. Love it. Not for Ryan. But for Bert, we're, I thought we were. Uh, <laughs> will right. do Burt. Ryan Reynolds. We are doing Bert. Reynolds. Well, will do. R- we'll do Ryan Reynolds eventually. I'm sure. Will but. we? His tribute to Burt in the, in the Deadpool on Do the Do we bear need skin. to Reynolds
3: has a great filmography? Does he? <laughs> yeah,
2: actually he does.
1: Does he? I he
2: think actually
3: he resent
2: does. Ryan Reynolds
1: for me. Uh, Ryan Reynolds? Have you as seen Just as as Friends? Friends? I think Ryan Definitely Reynolds is good. great within the the sandbox Deadpool in which he plays. Bale yes, wilder. he does.
2: And somebody said when they announced the Police Academy, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Police Academy. It was I've out when I was younger, um and so Yeah, that guy. They said, why didn't they do a Police Academy reboot, (laughs) you know, 10 years ago with Ryan Reynolds? And that would have crushed...
3: I think he's going to I think Pikachu's going to be interesting What did it have Oh it Christ I, I like Ryan Reynolds I'm sorry I think he's I like Ryan so Reynolds too So next week he's is like,
1: you're, you're all acting Like he's like The, like the second coming of Christ and like, okay, Hashtag so it's it's it, and and I just think be. he's a better actor You're giving him credit for That's all
2: Hashtag Reynolds blend We're going to talk about Burt Reynolds' films Next week uh, This has been Real blend Live from Toronto uh, And Ryan
3: Reynolds is a good actor uh, My name great is uh, Sean a, O'Connell. He's a very good actor, actor Within the constraints of
2: Don't you give me the rap I've Bad things to say at Real Blend. Uh, Jake, for the is record, at Jake just doesn't cakes. like Deadpool. That's and Kevin is Deadpool's at. Deadpool's fine. At you cannot believe the number of people that we name dropped in this week's oh, episode. Someone please so count count these them, for them up, us. and you might get a cake. And we will talk to you. And guys. we have a
1: history of delivering cakes. Thank
2: you so much for listening to us this week. Well, we hope you guys had
1: as much fun as we Steve, did. And
3: we will talk thank to you, you. next Dunkirk.
2: week. Dunkirk. Dun- Dun- Dunkirk.
3: Dunkirk. Like a mother. Oh, we all did it.